Oh. Um, Mr. Kelly. Oh, hey, Sergeant. What's all this? With all the time I've been home, I put in a Zen garden. What an amazing place to balance your chi. It is. And with a personal loan from PenFed, I was able to borrow the entire cost, up to $50,000, at a great low rate with no hidden fees and a simple pre-qualify. But you're not in the military. Everyone gets great rates at PenFed, whether you're in uniform or not. I feel more enlightened already. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash loans. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCOA. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 93. And today we are back in true crime mode and yes. we are going to be, it's been a long time. It has been. It's been a really long yeah, time since we've like done true crime. like six weeks, right? Because we did like five Pretty Halloween much, yeah. episodes on yeah. paranormal stuff for the most part. And then we did two conspiracies the last two weeks. Yeah. So. RH Negative Blood and Antarctica, if you missed it. But now we are switching into true crime mode and we yes. are covering one of our most highly requested topics, which is the disappearance of the Springfield three. Yeah, truly baffling case. It's going it to leave you with more questions than answers for sure. Definitely. Really no answers. Yeah, it's, none at all. It's one it's of one those of you'll those. just get lost in and all the theories and yeah. what could have happened to them because, yeah. you know, it's not very often that three women disappear without a trace. Yeah. I mean, most disappearances are just one person yeah right or it's like maybe two i mean there's a couple it could be like a couple or something yeah, right a couple but you really don't often see three yeah it's really really weird and they all went missing at once it's not like this happened over a series of days or weeks or anything like that they all went missing at one time yeah it's really wild it so is very weird get ready for that but we'd like to thank our sponsors for today native snow quip and ritual yes thank, thank you. you for the continued support helping also, us build our studio yeah, which is exactly. almost done yes we're so close yes. few, i think we're a few weeks out I'm, my goal is to get in at least an episode yes. before the end of the year at this yeah. point yeah we hope so because it's been like a struggle i mean if you heard our last episode it was rough in the intro yeah, like, yeah. we're just there's cords everywhere and we have animals living in our house and they're like walking over it and unplugging things and you know it's All not ideal of. for a studio it's definitely not a studio we're literally in an open area of our basement in front of a green screen <laughs> on a card yeah. table so yeah it'll be nice to get into a completely separate yeah. space that's solely dedicated to the podcast. Once we get her sign back, I miss our yes, sign. Yes, I miss our, our sign beautiful so sign. much. Yes, well, we weren't planning so on it taking so long. It wasn't supposed to ever be this huge, long thing. We originally thought it was going to be a couple weeks. So, you know, <laughs> things happen. Yeah. That's but how it goes, I guess. almost here. So look forward to that. Maybe before episode 100. Yes. Crossing my fingers. Yes. But we also dropped new merch as well. So if you haven't checked that out yet, we relaunched our merch shop to milehigher.com. Yes. The quality is so much better. The yes. designs are way better. I love it. Yeah, everything really is much better quality. T-shirts are um, actually use recycled materials in it. Yep. Um, yeah, so much better quality. We've got some new stuff. We got sticker packs. We got enamel couple, pins. Yeah, some new designs and stuff. So definitely check that out. Yeah. It's good stuff. But let's go ahead and jump right into the stories this week because we've got some really interesting stuff happening. First story is scientists uncovered 143 huge ancient drawings in Nazca, Peru. Peru is one of those places that I want to go to so bad just for this yes. very reason that there's so much ancient history here. It looks like a gorgeous country. Oh my God. It looks amazing. Like Machu Picchu or, you know, yeah. the uh, ancient city that was on top of a mountain, literally like yes. and the ruins are still there. Oh, yeah. It looks stunning. absolutely 
amazing there. I mean, mm -hmm. the jungles there, the Amazons there. Your grandma always tells us that was her favorite place she went. She did. Mm -hmm. She always has and such good she's stories. She's been all there. over the world, Egypt, yeah. Paris, everywhere. But she loves Peru. She always tells us you got to go to Peru. You she go does. To Peru. Which we do need to go to Peru because it's there's so much to find there. And like Nazca, the Nazca uh, geoglyphs are just one of them. They are so interesting. How, did we ever cover them on my channel? I can't remember. No, I, don't think we, I don't think we ever did. Or I don't you think ever we did. ever did. No, no, we've never done a podcast on them either. We've really never covered them, which is so weird. Yeah. It's yeah. one of my like most favorite topics. It's I so know, interesting. I know. So if you don't know what these things are, basically there's these like drawings etched into the earth. They're huge. Extremely. Yeah. Large. I mean, Very. they <laughs> sprawl across huge areas of, yes. of the desert and you can only see the full thing from like high up in the sky. Mm -hmm. Um, you can't see it on the ground, obviously, because it's so no. subtle and just. Well, you could see it. You could probably you can like probably walk through it. Well, yeah, I guess sort I don't know, of if they're on slopes, not really, but. I mean, nowadays but yeah, you could probably see it in in the ground if you were standing right on it or yeah, above it. Yeah, but you can't really see the whole design unless you take an aerial approach. Right. Yeah, and there's just all these different like representations of humans and animals and different yeah. types of objects and other types of beings honestly like yeah it's really wild stuff they um, look similar to the drawings of the australian aboriginals yeah. they're like very basic too right but some just don't look like anything that but you're like you what is recognize. that you can't exactly some look like clear things like there's some that are just there's like a snake and things yeah. like that mm -hmm. animals mm -hmm. but yeah some and they're just massive and mm -hmm. it's like why put all the time into making yeah why they spend all this time etching into the ground when you can yeah. only see it from the sky it almost looked like they were laser made from the sky. Wow, it's just like hmm, that's a good thought. That'd be cool. Yeah. Right? Like, like a UFO is just like flying through and like lasering down a yeah. little design. Yeah, it's maybe. like it's kinda hard to think maybe Could like be. what guys walked around with giant sleds and like pushed especially, the dirt especially and like flattened it. Like what thousands of years ago. I mean, we're talking as old as twenty five hundred yeah. years ago. Yeah, and for them to still be around and you can see them is obviously good quality. Yeah, well, uh, think about how good they looked when they first were done. Yeah, I'm sure. If we can still insane. see them 2,500 years later, they were probably really, e maybe they yeah. were super easy to see just to somebody like, you know, I'm coming over the yeah. hill and you see these glyphs in the ground, but they're so big that it really looks like they were meant to be seen from the sky. Right. And that's what's the most interesting thing because right. obviously, as far as we know, there was no type of flying right. objects. It's not like they were flying history. their drone over it to check it out. Yeah, exactly. Why would this be a priority for them? You know, right. for an ancient civilization, why would they waste their time building something that you'd yeah. only be able to see from the sky? Right. There's so many other priorities for them, you know, Yeah, and, figuring out basic things. And they, you know, it makes sense to build pyramids even or build mm -hmm. like big monuments or things well, like that. Because you'd be like, oh, it was a, you know, it was a mausoleum or whatever. But. But why giant yeah. drawings on the ground? There's no reason. What's the purpose? Maybe they're. They were like trying to talk to their gods or something. Maybe that's a good like point. communicate with them because they're in yeah up. In the I mean, sky. they were super spiritual. That's for sure. Most ancient cultures were. Well, I mean, even with the Aboriginals, they talk about star people. Yes, and dream know, time, and, and so do these guys. That, I mean, there's even references in these ancient civilizations going back thousands of years of, like Janelle just said, the gods came from the sky, and I mean that could be, mm -hmm. you know, whatever you want to interpret gods to be, but. Clearly, they were, you know, doing it for something in the heavens or in the sky right. to see. It's yeah. the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, clearly. There's no other reason for it. But why is this news now, Josh? 
So the reason why it's news is because this Japanese university has been using uh, IBM Watson oh. AI technology. Yes. And okay. what they've done is they've AI is going to figure so much shit out. That's what's so cool about it is these, yeah. some of these new discoveries are purely because AI is starting to look at shit that we missed. Like yep. you give it a bunch of data and a bunch of 3D images and a human can only look at it and gather so much. Right. 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 But then you run it through IBM Watson and Watson's like, oh, yeah, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. All of a sudden he's connecting all these dots. It's way that we, smarter than us. It's right. so scary. 143. So we only knew of, I don't even know, like a handful of, of different types of geoglyphs out there. But there's 143. So they're just everywhere. That's they're so all cool. over the place out there. So they literally took the whole desert and like made it a canvas and just carved drawings into the ground for the gods or whatever. the aliens or whatever you want. Unless they didn't do it. I mean, a lot of people believe they were made by aliens, like I said, yeah. or like lasered in. Or... Ancient astronaut theorists believe that aliens <laughs> came and <laughs> carved drawings into the ground with their ships. It could have been. I mean, shit. Well, I Same know. ones doing crop circles could have been doing geoglyphs. Dude, I know. The more we learn about aliens, the more the ancient astronaut theories make so much sense. Totally. I mean, they really do. It's crazy. And so many people still love to just dismiss it as being like, oh, that's just kind of crazy. You know, aliens, come on. I think it scares on, people. people. I mean, it's like pretty overwhelming to think about. <laughs> but it actually makes a lot of sense. So super interesting. But they it, discovered 140 new ones? 143. That's a lot. That were lot. unknown prior. Wow. How long did it take him to find that many? Probably a long time. Yeah. No, not even that long. A couple years? Yeah. Huh. So they, yeah, they gave Watson all this 3D high resolution data and it started scanning it and looking through it and started that's pinpointing crazy. all these drawings. Well, there's one that's really interesting. It looks, mm, I don't know what that is. It looks like an alien because it's definitely not a human. The legs are like coming out the side. It's like butts hanging down. <laughs> there's a face. It's like there's two faces and then pigtails. Maybe it's some type of like landing strip for landing strip. That's a landing strip. <laughs> it has arms, legs, and a face. <laughs> what are you talking Maybe about? Maybe that's like the sign of like land here. We're over here. Yeah. Like these. Hey, welcome. <laughs> With this weird butt creature. <laughs> it looks like it has a shit in his pants for real. <laughs> I'm Look not at seeing it. it at all. I'm not. Are seeing we it. looking at the right picture? Are you even yeah, looking at the right? I see oh, it. We're not. Josh is looking at a different thing. <laughs> I was like, what? See how it's legs and then it's like <laughs> yeah. its butt hangs yeah. below. This is clearly some type of extraterrestrial being. Yeah, it's not human. It's like one of those little troll dolls. Yeah, it looks like um a voodoo doll, yeah. kinda. Yeah. It's, it's very uh I don't know, it's weird. Interesting how big that is too. Like God. They found some wild shit out there in Peru though, man. That's also where they found those Nazca bodies too, the three fingered little dudes. Oh right. Yeah. yeah. Nazca, Peru is just unknown. like filled with stuff. Oh, yeah. That's where well, they found, so or Chile, I guess, was where they found the small body. What was that thing called? Oh, the Atacama. Atacama, yeah. Yeah. In that whole region down there, though, there's a lot of mm -hmm. UFO, seemingly extraterrestrial activity. Mm -hmm. It's very wild, man. It'll be interesting to see what Jeez. AI starts to find, though. I think AI is going to find a ton of shit that we haven't, and, you know, but feeding it historical data and stuff and just. Imagine. Can AI go and like figure out what the hell's in Antarctica then? Yeah, I mean, if you give it the data, you have to give it the data to process, though. Right. It's not just like 
can't like telepathically <laughs> like remote view. Just I mean, imagine. maybe. Hey remote. Alexa, tell AI yeah. to go to Antarctica. <laughs> Do an expedition two miles under the ice in Antarctica <laughs> and tell us that Atlantis is there. Yeah, no. Interesting. It'll be interesting to see though what what it finds. Yeah. Next story I got is an update on the Epstein mystery. Ah, oh, uh, this man. this just gets crazier and crazier. It, it feels like every does. week. But I'm so glad that it's not being brushed over and just yeah, like it's, it's actually really being dealt away. with. It's crazy. I didn't expect this, to be honest. So this was the news that came out this week. Uh, the Bureau of Prisons director uh, said at a Judiciary Committee hearing that the FBI is investigating the possibility of, quote unquote, a criminal enterprise in probe of Jeffrey Epstein's suicide. Mm. That is alarming. I mean, clearly they're starting to they think it's an organized thing. This was an organized job because not only that, they also arrested the two federal correctional officers who were on duty the night he died. Wow. And charged them. They're facing like prison time now for this. Which well, that shows you right there. I mean, clearly something happened straight up. Yeah. I mean, they really, yeah, there, there's some weird That's so stuff going irritating. on Mm-hmm. My gosh, imagine if he was able to go through that trial, all the things we probably would have found out. Mm-hmm. Not only did those guys, the prison guards fall asleep, but then they falsified the records to cover it up. That's why they're being charged. And that's what their FBI is saying. They probably didn't fall They asleep. literally that's covered this bullshit. up. Yeah. So they're going to prison for it. And now, you know, the evidence is really starting to weigh the other way that obviously he was taken out. Murdered. Yep. Interesting. So... I don't know, man. Hopefully now that the FBI is investigating this, though, that maybe they'll actually get the truth about what happened and we'll maybe figure out something. I mean, the FBI why? is like a little. Hmm. I mean, if they're willing to admit that he was taken out pretty yeah. much, you know, it we, is impressive. It's different. We should know why. I didn't think that they would for sure, you know, find anything. I thought they, this would definitely be closed up really quick and moved on. Hopefully now, though, that the FBI is is investigating this and clearly stating that there's a possibility of a criminal enterprise involved with this mysterious death. That maybe so will we'll they just get keep the, looking into it? Yeah, I mean, they're actively doing an investigation. They're taking these two guys to, you know, they indicted them and everything. Clearly, they're going to try to... I mean, I think now, you know, the cat's out of the closet, like everybody yeah. knows about this and we're demanding answers. Cats I mean, closet. have you seen all of the, <laughs> is, or cats out of the bag? I don't think it's closet. <laughs> Either way, the cat's Either out way. of somewhere. Do you think they will try to figure out who actually did this though? Or are they just going to like, you know, take these two guys down for their negligence here and then move on? Hopefully not. I think that we are going to demand that they tell us because I don't know if you've seen on social media and stuff, but people mm-hmm. have been really, you know, like, really mad epstein didn't do it you see that everywhere mm-hmm. people are writing that all over the place it's mm-hmm. kind of gone viral now so i think and i think enough people know about this that yeah they're not going to be able to just sweep this under the rug and and move on i wonder if we'll find out who's responsible i think we will because i think what you have to remember too it's so easy to think that all government's bad all law enforcement is bad can't trust anybody you can't trust the cia can't trust the fbi you can't but trust you have, a lot of it you can't but you also have to remember and believe that there's good people in positions in right. these agencies that actually want justice you know right. they're not it's not like every single one of them are all in on this plan to right. cover no, up no, no, this no, no. there's people that want to know the truth there as yeah. well 
Well, it's great to see this, that they're actually taking it seriously. Right. And there's something... I truly did not expect this. I thought this would be... I didn't think anything would quick. happen to the prison guards. So the fact that they're already, you know, holding them accountable for this is good. Yeah. That maybe we'll get, you know, some more justice for all these victims for of Epstein. Yeah. And just for clarification, I saw a lot of comments last time that are like, why do you feel bad for Epstein getting murdered? Like, no, we don't. This isn't about, it's not about that. making sure he gets justice for his murder. It's that tons of people he has dirt on so many people that you're not getting justice for the victims that they they have, yeah you right. know he, he's a connection to, to the so full many extent others. right that's the problem is we, now that he's gone obviously we we will never know probably a ton of information no, definitely that a lot he died only with knew. Him. well i mean there's whoever did this it was probably a risk to do it and they knew it must have been worth the risk yeah. he must know a lot or have a lot of stuff that he could have said and they were nervous enough to do it. Yeah. I mean, I think this story runs deep and I think there's people this, I, I, I think we probably will never know the true person or motive behind this, but mm -hmm. I think we'll get at least a little bit more than we have now as to, you know, who could have done it or why. So, well, we'll keep you guys updated sense. on it in the future. Definitely. Hopefully. I mean, assuming now more will come out. Yep. So the next thing I've got is about the, more act or the yes. marijuana opportunity reinvestment and expungement act which was a huge huge deal this week because mm -hmm. the house judiciary committee passed um this more act by a vote of 24 to 10 That's which this clears big. the way for it to go to congress and literally it's like the first step on the road to legalization federally here in the United States uh, for cannabis. We're going to see that soon. It's going to come fast. Oh yeah. It's happening. I think I'm it's going to happen really soon. I always feel bad for people in other states and the other countries too, that don't have access to legal products. Cannabis, and yeah. we're talking yeah. about, you know, that's why it's so great. We have dispensaries that we don't ever get toxic products. We don't get black market. Right. Bullshit we don't have to worry about that. We can go safely get our products. Right. It's regulated. But other people and... like, need it and they can't get it yeah they're having to go off the black market and that's mm -hmm. the thing is i think i think enough politicians are starting to wake up and realize yeah. that like this is just ridiculous at this point yeah you're not gonna just make more, marijuana go away yeah. that's not gonna happen at this point well it's doing more harm than good yes. at this point to keep it outlawed you yes. know it's doing way worse i mean the the amount of people that are being locked up for for these charges for cannabis and things like that is just insane mm -hmm. especially those of color is really insane just absurd yeah. honestly it is it the numbers is. are just shocking when you look at it it's honestly silly mm -hmm. to be locked up for a plant it really is it is i mean especially when there's so many other criminals out there running free how many unsolved totally. murders totally. And shit that the police could spend their time on and not have to worry about this like that's the other thing is know? it's going to free up a ton of resources yes. which is good because so many you know you watch any sort of police television you know reality show on tv and mm -hmm. so you know, often it's arrest for, for cannabis. Right. Um, and you just think you're like, great, you're not really doing anything that good, you know, in a sense like, no, and you feel bad for the person. Cause like, maybe they're just, especially when they have a small amount and they get busted and it's like a huge big deal. It's like, yeah, there's trafficking, you know, there, that's one thing. Right. And obviously unsafe, you know, things that <laughs> right. are really illegal and things like that are not good, but just the basic concept of it is yeah. just wrong. In my opinion, you know, I think that, this is going to change a lot of things for the criminal justice system for the better. I do too. Because I think it's going to free up resources. Cops are going to be focused on that. They're going to be focused on, you know, let's get the fentanyl, like mm -hmm. the opioid crisis, all these other things that we really need to 
get get in under control. So right. So I have a question: If they do end up legalizing nationwide, will they have to look at people who will have, you know, yes. major sentences? For yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's part. So that's that's the expungement part. part. It's going to expunge people's records. Right. Tons of people are going right. to have their life back because this passes. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will be pardoned and, and let out of jail and stuff because it's legalized federally. Obviously, obviously it's going to vary depending on your charges. Like if you're a right. trafficker or something like, right. you know, you might get a lesser sentence maybe, I don't know, but mm-hmm. the people that are all in there for low level offenses or possession and things like that are going to be, you know, you're going to be let out. Oh, well, this is huge. I mean, that's just so exciting. Not Hopefully only, this goes through pretty fast and we see it. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing Not though, is that soon. the medicinal part of it, right? Right. Totally. This is like, I look at, the cannabis plant as a medicinal plant really oh i absolutely do i it's know it's not it a party is. it's not like this party plant you know no a lot of people have the way wrong idea <laughs> the it's, way wrong idea yeah it's really a medicinal plant yeah and it could help so many people like and you not you don't have to like get high to get no the benefits of using no. it. it can microdose it can help with anxiety it can help with t- so many things it helps my immune system I mean, it's really an amazing miracle plant that should never have been illegal in the first place. I mean, it's just totally absurd that it was ever made to be such a bad thing, a drug in the same category with all these other terrible, terrible drugs. Yeah. And and it's like so weird to me now. It is. It's really bizarre, to be honest. It is. Part of this passing too in in federal legalization is that they're going to remove cannabis off of the schedule one. Uh, narcotics which is huge like yes. you're telling me that cannabis is equal to heroin like that's just not anybody true that all. has done either would 100% be like absolutely not it's right. insane that the both are two in the same they're, category they're, they're not even the same world it's like totally weird that they're in the right. same group and it's clearly because of the war on drugs and all of that that they mm-hmm. did that but now it's like it just doesn't it doesn't make sense it's doing more harm than good let's free free the weed <laughs> you know like let's yeah let's allow people to make that decision on their own if we can go buy tobacco and alcohol right. come on and the Seriously. states that have legalized it have had fantastic results from totally it. it's totally. been great for colorado our economy has boomed yeah. since seriously yeah. like put us on the map legit everyone's coming here now Tourism. it's kind of annoying honestly yeah it really is. <laughs> i want the rest of the country to legalize it so people don't want to come here yeah but yeah, I mean, other states that have legalized it too. It's like not like people have bad reactions. Everyone's high and everyone's crashing into each other on the streets. And like no. everyone's. No. I mean, that. I think that like, obviously some people have bad reactions. Like some, it's not for everyone. No, it's not. Of course but not. But like, it's not like it makes you all of a sudden out of your mind and you don't even know what reality you're in <laughs> no, whatsoever. Not at all. Not at all. And I think that also. Especially if you do it in the right way. Yeah. If you well, do too yeah. much and you're like a first time yeah. user, yeah, you can but have that's a bad with reaction. any substance period. You just right. need to use it responsibly. Right. And I mean, it's some like, people have bad reactions to caffeine. Yeah. I used to drink like 32 ounce monster, <laughs> monsters and be shaking at the Geek Squad counter. I'd that's be, a lot more dangerous than. I'm like, hey, <laughs> can I check the computer? Josh, like, I just you were be tweaking. so addicted to Oh, I'm still caffeine. addicted to caffeine 100%. Yeah. But it used to be really bad. I'd just be like down in energy drinks all day because. Yeah capitalism you know they want to yeah. keep you going you got to give you that fuel well, you were working like a 6 a.m shift and had to drive yeah, an hour to true. work you that's were waking true. up at like four and then staying up and late with right. me partying in college till midnight yeah. and still going and i'm sure all that caffeine hasn't been good for my health and stuff i know it's not good for my health yeah so and it's, it's just legal like, but then weed isn't right okay. yeah 
And also, if you legalize it nationwide on a federal level, you'll be able to get a lot more resources for research to do yes. research. Yes. You can get more funding. Yeah. Yeah. You can get more funding for research. So we can really see, does this plant, could it cure cancer? Major things. Like, could it, you know, what can this yeah. plant really do? And it's hard to tell when it's, you know, not researched a lot because right. it's illegal. Right. It's going to get us better quality products. The more that there is, the higher the demand, the better. Totally. You know, innovation is happening every day with it already. It is. It's still illegal in most places. Like some of you that live places where, you know, medical marijuana is not even a thing. It's never going to pass, you know, like, you know, mm -hmm. somewhere down south, probably. And, you know, if you were to walk into a dispensary, you'd be like, holy shit, where am I? This is like yeah. crazy. Like even I get mm -hmm. blown away when I walk into a, a new dispensary that's yeah. got all these new products. I'm like, what? This, that, this, Yeah, I'm that. sure some people picture it like a dingy, scary no, situation. that's like, the thing is like. It's a drug house. A lot of them look no. like Apple stores. They're totally bright and, and modern. Yeah, they're and modern and open. People are there they knowledgeable. They have fountains. They have tons of like flat screens with all the menus. Yeah. People are <laughs> very nice. professional. Totally it's nice. a very professional feel. Yeah. I yeah. mean. It's not sketchy it's or not weird sketchy at all. whatsoever it's i honestly think a lot less sketchy than like liquor Even, stores like totally. there are some sketchy oh, liquor yeah. stores oh, yeah <laughs> like no the dispensaries have to be of a certain quality because they have such scrutiny on them too yeah, right now right the industry is so new that like they all and there's so Very much secure. competition here in colorado between dispensaries yeah. mm -hmm. there's so many of them it's crazy yeah. like they're everywhere well, <laughs> even the smallest mountain town in colorado probably has a dispensary yeah it's no wild. it does it's true Small towns have them now. Yeah. Well, I, th I think what people also always fail to realize, especially people who are not really familiar with this industry, mm -hmm. is that a lot of people aren't actually smoking or vaping this stuff. Like mm -hmm. a ton of people go edible route, which yeah. is really popular oil, and starting topicals, to get topicals. Tinctures. Topicals are huge for me. They even have a freaking inhaler now. Yep. Yeah. An inhaler that just gives you a nice little shot of THC. Yep. And There's you're something on your for way. everyone. I truly believe everyone could benefit from it, even if it was microdosing. Right. I think people make the mistake of like smoking way too much. And then it's like, oh my God, I just react bad to it. It's like, no, you just too overdosed much. pretty right. much. Yeah. Yeah. You need to roll it back. Like start with a tiny, tiny amount. Yeah. See how you your shouldn't body even, it, it should not give you anxiety. It yeah. should take the edge off, allow you to relax. Totally. And it's also like, there's so much more to it than, than that like there's strains and dom you know indica to hybrid to sativa yeah. they all have different effects like this is some right. scientific shit like and we're coloradans so we're so used to talking about this with so many people yeah. i know this seems like a foreign topic to so many people and they're like, like why are you even talking about this yeah i but always wonder how relatable it is or if people are like yes we already know all this or if there are people who are like wow i have i guess there are tons of people who have never yeah. experienced this and it's trippy oh, for, for me sure. to think about Mm -hmm. No, and they don't exactly. I mean, when we start first got introduced to it, when we became legal here, it was a whole new world learning the difference yeah. between THC and CBD. It's such a complex, really amazing, beautiful plant. It is. Yeah. It's a you know, it's not plant. just a yeah. drug. Like we don't talk about it because it's just a drug. We want to all right. get we high. We just want to get America. high with like, us. Yeah. No, that's it's a it's a really important thing. Yeah. And that's we talk about it on our channel because the fact that it's been illegal is truly a conspiracy. Oh, and it's an yeah. effort to keep people from opening their minds for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You can also make it yourself and you don't have to rely on the pharmaceutical industry. So, yeah. yep. That's a big, Hemp mm -hmm. is a huge renewable resource that Literally they don't want us to have. I mean, all that stuff was illegal for no reason. Yeah. All of a sudden, too, right around the 1930s, just boom. Yeah. A bunch of people in these industries, competing industries, were like, nope, we don't want that because that does too much good. Yeah. Shut it down. 
And so. it's, it's important because a lot of people could really benefit from it and they don't have access to it or they get now, you know, people are getting stuff on the black market like we've been talking about. And it has and look who how knows right. what the fuck in there no. other than vitamin E acetate. Like yes. could be more than that, you know? Yeah, well, even the flower could be synthetic. You got to worry about yeah. you know synthetic flower. You got to right. worry about it being laced with something. Like it's honestly it's a for lot safety. sketchier. Totally. And now it's just so it's so safe. It's it's just like going to the pharmacy so to pick regulated. up your, your medicine yeah. from your doctor. Basically, at this it point, is. yeah. So many dispensaries have like names of like pharmacy or like like you know like the health clinic or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Yeah, it's totally. very health based. But it's, it, that's how it should be. I completely see it as a medicine. I use it as a medicine. I have an autoimmune disease. I have fibromyalgia. For me, it's a fucking medicine, hands down. It works 30% better than aspirin. That's proven. Mm-hmm. It's my medicine. Like, I feel way more pain without it, you know? Yeah. And at this point, I've, <laughs> I have such a high tolerance because I use it. It doesn't, like, I don't have the psychoactive effects that you normally have when you first start using or if you're an right. occasional user, you know, that stuff goes away. But... You know, I feel like it's something that we should have the right to have. Totally, totally. Period. And I mean, at least right now, everybody has access to CBD, which is good. Um, CBD has become widely popular. Yes, it's great to see. It's it blown works really, up really, really well. It awesome. really does for does. all types of, of different things. So we actually have a really good sale happening with hemp bombs. We wanted to mm. quickly just tell you about um, from November 29th to December 3rd, we are offering you guys 33% off. For this Black Friday like Cyber Monday sale. This is Hell probably yeah. the best sale of the year. So hop on it, guys. Now's the time to stock up. And you can use code MILE33, and that will get you that 33% off. So stock up. That's a good deal. Guys, they have everything. And it can be used on multiple websites. Yes. We'll list it below if you need pet products. Topicals, like tinctures. Yes. I mean, they anything got you can think of, they have it all. Pain free stuff. Yeah. They got a and lot we love it. We love the brand. I have some right here. I have multiple products right here in my anxiety travel bag. Yep. I love that thing. I love it. You always have the best, like everything you could possibly need to feel good right there. Exactly. That's yeah. So ch- I highly recommend making an anxiety bag. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Check it out. Hempbombs.com. Use code MILE33. The $2 Small Me Cafe is the answer to your day. The question is whether you go with a rich caramel frappe paired with a warm cinnamon roll, a sweet caramel macchiato paired with a blueberry muffin made with real blueberries, or a hot chocolate paired with a classic apple fritter. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Don't worry, there's never a wrong choice. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer. The $2 Small Me Cafe is the answer to your day. The question is whether you go with a rich caramel frappe paired with a warm cinnamon roll, a sweet caramel macchiato paired with a blueberry muffin made with real blueberries, or a hot chocolate paired with a classic apple fritter. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Don't worry, there's never a wrong choice. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer. All right, so let's get into the disappearance of the Springfield 3. Now, first of all, this case is a little bit confusing because all of the women that we're going to be talking about today have names that start with S. Yes. And it takes place in Springfield. Right. So it's just S-S-S-S-S. Springfield, Missouri. Yes. I guess, yeah, there's multiple Springfields. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there there's is. There's a lot in our country, actually. It's one of those names of, of a city that's kind of common in yeah. our town. Yeah. yeah. Springfield, Illinois. I think is another mm-hmm. one. Yeah. But anyway, so the Springfield three, 
revolves around the unsolved disappearances of 47-year-old single mother and cosmetologist Cheryl Levitt, her 19-year-old daughter Susie Streeter, and 18-year-old childhood friend Stacy McCall. So a little backstory on them. Um, during a period of Cheryl's life, she and Susie relocated into a smaller home on the East Del Mar Street in Springfield, Missouri. And Cheryl was a single mother working as a cosmetologist. She loved her profession at the local hair salon, so much so that her daughter had ambitions to become a stylist herself in the future. They so, were really close. Clearly close. Mom and daughter, yes. Beautiful women, too. Yeah, yeah they all were really three. Pretty. Very pretty. Very Blonde pretty. Blonde hair. Yeah. Well, really pretty smiles. Yeah, definitely pretty smiles. Stacy, actually, the one in the middle here, she was um, trying to get into modeling. Mm-hmm. She was doing some local stuff in her area, too, like commercials. She was trying to. I, I don't know if she ever made it to full commercials, but I saw that she at least did auditions for totally. commercials. And she was, yeah, she definitely wanted to get into that. Yeah, and bottom line, they had such bright futures. You know, they had yeah. so much ahead of them and so much to accomplish. I mean, this was the time of the disappearances right around the time they graduated from high school, actually. Mm-hmm. Kickapoo. Kickapoo. I couldn't believe that name at first. I, know. I was like, Kickapoo. I'm sorry. I'm way too immature <laughs> hey, to where'd you graduate? that. Literally. <laughs> yeah, I went to Kickapoo. Kickapoo High School. Kickapoo. That's great. It's literally I I spelled Kick A. Poo. <laughs> it's honestly iconic. Oh, so good. That almost sounds like a dog. It was probably someone's like last name or something. Yeah, Mr. Kickapoo. <laughs> Stop. Sounds like a god. Kickapoo High School. So that's where Susie and Stacy graduated from on June 6, 1992. And they had plans for the future. They were going to enroll in college, but they wanted to live it up. You know, like after that summer, after graduation, yeah. you're, you don't want to immediately like think about going into school and college yeah. and stuff. You want to like. Kind of live it up and just chill and totally after getting through that final yeah. semester of senior year, you're like, all right, it's time to just kind of mm. let loose a little bit. And yeah, have we a good had time. a ton of fun our senior year summer. Don't remember a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't remember a lot of it. I think mostly because it's just been so long and I'm yeah. so old now that I'm just like, <laughs> I can't remember my high school. No, but we definitely had a ton of fun before we went for, went for college that like three months was yeah. really fun we did a ton of we were like hanging out with tons of people and just like doing just you know you're just yeah living it up celebrating that you just made it through that grueling what is it 12 years of school you have uh, to do yeah what is it 12 yep yep it's a long time before you start the next set of years it's like kind of nice to relax in that time they were definitely like hanging out doing a lot of partying yeah and the weather's nice like who doesn't want to go outside in the summer mm-hmm. and like be out and about and just chilling so That's exactly what they were doing. And later that evening after the ceremony, Susie, Stacy, and a mutual friend, Janelle Kirby, were planning on traveling 30 minutes away to Branson, Missouri. And their plan was to like stay overnight at a hotel and then go to the Whitewater Amusement Park the next day. It's kind of like here in Colorado, we have Waterworld. It's like a (laughs) water park attraction place. Mm -hmm. I love that place, honestly. so fun. I love it. Yeah, I do love those places. I want to go back there. I feel like it's been like 10 years (laughs) since I've been to Waterworld. I just feel so old now. I'm like, God, who wants to I see know. my old ass walking around? I know. This is why we need kids. Yeah. And we can go again. <laughs> Seriously, though, that's partly why I'm I'm looking forward to having kids. So, yeah, they're going to go have a nice day at the water park. It's hot, mm-hmm. especially in Branson, Missouri in the summer. Yeah. Definitely the place you want to be. But for some reason, they all decided to ignore the idea of spending the night at the hotel. And instead, they decided to spend the evening at Janelle's house. And when they got there... 
they found her house to be crowded because of the number of relatives who had come over um, from all over the state in order to celebrate her graduation. So she was having like a big family graduation party. They go over there and, you know, probably not expecting that to be happening. So many people, yeah. And they're like, oh, there's there's actually stuff happening here. So they ended up leaving later on that night around 2 a.m. Yeah. Susie and Stacy left and went back to Cheryl's house. And they basically told Janelle that they would call her in the morning, you know, we'll go through with our plans. So as far as what we know, the last reported sighting of Susie and Stacy was on Battlefield Road at 2.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And even though it was super late, many of the roads throughout town were still busy because it was graduation um, and the weekend at the same time. So there's a lot of stuff happening. People yeah. are out, you know, at parties and whatnot. So, um, but that was the last point at which they were seen. And also, as far as what we know, they made it to Cheryl's house without incident. There was no, you know, issue getting there. So earlier that, so earlier that night, actually, Cheryl was last heard from between 11 and 11.30 p.m when she was talking to a friend on the phone and working on a project. And throughout this three hour period, nothing seemed abnormal. Yet what followed literally has baffled police and investigators for over 25 years. So this is the last moments that all three of them, like what we know of their whereabouts and what they were doing, that's like all we have information wise. After this, no clue. No. So literally the next morning, Janelle calls Cheryl's home to confirm the plans with her friends for the mm-hmm. day. Like, hey, guys, like, yep. going to go to the water park. And she calls several times and then ends up leaving a message on the answering machine. Now, remember, this is 1992. There ain't no cell phones. This is nope. like call on the landline, the old-fashioned little, you know, answering machine. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what she did. She left a message. And at first, she wasn't worried because she thought the girls were maybe asleep. Right. And, Long you know, night. Yeah. They were up late. Exactly. So... Maybe they just kind of forgot. So she ended up, her and her boyfriend ended up deciding to drive to Cheryl's house in Springfield to see why they weren't answering their calls. Because she was like, why aren't you answering? This is kind of weird, you know? Like mm-hmm. She's starting to get those weird vibes of like, why, aren't, why can't I hear back from them? And so they decided to go there and they arrived at Cheryl's house around 8 to 9 a.m. And that's the thing is, I've seen different, there's slightly different times on the timeline. Like nobody has like the official... Um, I don't think no. So it's between eight and nine a.m. And when they arrived at the house, everything seemed pretty normal. There was nothing mm-hmm. out of the ordinary. Nope. Because in the driveway, all three cars were there for Susie, Stacy, and Cheryl. Everything seemed pretty normal. It was in front of the house. Yeah. Pretty much everything. So you know, obviously, if you're just showing up, you're like, oh, okay, they're all here. Yeah. You know, their cars are here. They wouldn't leave without their cars. So yeah, I mean, they were pretty much expecting to open the doors and see them like sleeping like maybe they slept in slept a ton. The maybe they slept maybe they stayed up even later than right. you know two or whatever when they left the party who knows they could be sleeping all day i mean i've had days like that yeah you know especially after parties yeah i mean 2 30 is pretty late to be up and yeah. getting settled and it was probably like yeah it was probably like three ish in the morning that they were probably finally going to sleep so they could have definitely slept in if that's what had happened right But when they first approached the front steps, they noticed that there was a porch light that was broken and not the actual bulb. It was just the casing around it had fallen down and smashed. Yeah. Which says to me almost, I was thinking a door slam could have knocked just the casing around down. Because if it was like smashed, like if someone beat it with their hand or an object or something, you'd probably smash the light bulb too. It almost seemed like the the thing came loose by the door shutting really hard. 
like slamming against the wall of right, the house. and it could have shaken it to the point yeah. where the the thing came right. loose yeah. and came right. off. Because it's interesting that good, the bulb wasn't smashed. Right, and it was on still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not like someone was trying to take the light out. No, you know, right. to make it dark. Right. Because they would have smashed the light bulb as well. It seems accidental. In right. Wh- in whichever fashion that it happened, it seems like it was yeah. accidental that that happened. My best guess is a hard door slam. That would make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of those porch lights are attached to that wall, same wall yeah. as the door. So Some you slam like that hard loose, enough. They get loose over time. Yeah, and, totally. That's yeah. a good, yeah, that's a really good point for sure. So not only did they see that, um, oh, the other thing I was going to add with that is that her boyfriend, not really thinking too much about it, swept up the broken right. glass. Yes. And, and I mean, his thinking is like, he doesn't want any of them. There's girls yeah, here. Totally, yeah. He doesn't want them to step on glass. Right. Like, oh no, this happened. The wind, yeah. you know, didn't really think too much of it. And there was not much like, they definitely weren't thinking this was a crime scene. This was totally no. them coming over just to make sure they like made it home safe. Like, that they didn't like get in a drunk driving accident or something didn't happen. Yeah, it was along just being the way. helpful. Yeah. Yeah. They were just going over there and yeah, he didn't want to like step on it because it's right in the doorway. It yeah. makes total sense to clean that yeah. up. I think anybody would. But looking just clean back, it it's kind of, yeah, you definitely are like, oh, dude, you shouldn't have done that. Right. There's a lot of things like that right. that shouldn't have been done in this case. Well, that's the thing is they, they step inside and that's when they just, they completely get overtaken by confusion because they start to realize that everything is not as what it seems, you know? Well, and it took them a little while too. Mm-hmm. Like when they first went into the house, they didn't really notice anything too much. No. The, the one thing that was kind of odd, but they didn't really think too much of it, was the TV was on, right? Right. And it was just like snow. It was just that static scream. It was like... Which is so creepy. Yeah, like, yeah. of course. That's like oh, some horror movie no. stuff. Like, it's horrible. Walk yeah. into a quiet house and the only thing that's... The yeah. only sound is coming from a static TV. And what was interesting is the beds looked like they had been slept in. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. which it does, we don't know if they were unmade from the night before. Like, how many people actually make their bed every single day? Like, come on. Right. I don't, I definitely don't. <laughs> so, you would probably never know when my bed had been slept in or not. Yeah. But yeah, that's so true. it would have been more suspicious if, if it was like perfectly made or something. I right. Feel like. Or something could have happened in right. the beds, which right. is concerning. Definitely. Well, yeah. But, it, you'd think there'd be more evidence left behind if things mm-hmm. actually happened there. I don't think a crime actually happened there other than maybe abduction. Yeah. But yeah. And I mean, the only other thing that they found was their purses. Yeah. Which were left mm-hmm. left behind with their jewelry and cigarettes and like cigarettes, especially back then. I think her mom, Cheryl was Cheryl a chain, was smoker, a chain yeah. smoker. You don't just leave. That's like the one thing you take. Well, if you're going to leave, you, you have, bring your purse. Yes. Well, definitely the purse. But the cigarettes is even weirder because like you need them. A lot yeah. of people who have addictions to tobacco right. take them everywhere, especially back then. Mm-hmm. So I think that's super strange that she left that. Yeah. And there was like a undeposited check in Cheryl's purse, too. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't she have taken that with her? It, it became kind of apparent to them that this is really weird. Yeah. Why did they leave? You know, why aren't they here? Cause they're not in the right. rooms. It's completely, there's nobody in the if house. They like went out and got breakfast. They right. take their purses. They, yeah. they definitely started getting weird vibes when they yeah. noticed how much of their personal belongings were there. But I mean, otherwise it seems like the house was pretty normal as far as yeah. what it looked like. I mean, there was washcloths with makeup. Like mm-hmm. it looked like they had just been there or yeah. you know, they were there the night before. Like, Everything was normal in the house. There was not right. like signs of forced entry or 
you know, any like ransacking in the house or anything like that. As far, I mean, as far no, as we know, no blood, right? Nothing like that. It wasn't apparent that this could have been a crime scene. They had no idea. And you'd think if someone took three women, they would have tried to fight back to the point where they would have knocked something down or there'd be some type of struggle evident. And that's why this case is so just weird is because the scene is so normal scene yeah and weird like eerie that it's like they were just there but they're not there yeah but it seemed like they did come back that night yeah maybe well the other the other thing that's really was kind of alarming to them was that their dog was there right they had like a little yorkie terrier named cinnamon Mm -hmm. and while they were like going through the house you know calling stacy you know calling their names and stuff the dog came out and apparently the dog was acting super frantic and right. like aggravated, like just completely. And you know how yeah, dogs stressed. Yeah. Like stressed oh, totally. out. Not just like I'm barking because you guys are if here. If we just got abducted, Bernie would be freaking out. They would dogs know. They, yeah. Oh yeah. Dogs they know. Definitely they know. know. They know when their so owners they could tell in distress. That some type of something happened there. That that's a major hint, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And and that's what um you know, Janelle thought because she picked up the dog and she's like, Oh my God, this dog is like out of control. Yeah. She's telling her boyfriend, Mike, like, Hey, you know, I don't know. This is starting to look really weird, but maybe mm-hmm. did they just leave for the water park without us? But then that doesn't make any sense. Cause right. all their cars are in the driveway. Yeah. Like where would they get on the bus and go like, right. Yeah. They leave were their to the water purse. Park. How are they going to pay to get in the water park? Yeah. No, it didn't make any sense. They were super confused. So this is when literally like straight out of a horror film, the yeah, phone this rings. Is so scary. The landline phone starts ringing. Janelle's like, oh my God, maybe it's them calling yeah. to be like, hey, you know. Right. Which that doesn't really make a lot of sense either. Because like, why would they just call, randomly, their, call own their own home. house? Yeah, they don't know that she's there. So she answers it, hoping that it's like somebody with news on where they are. And instead, she hears literally the one of the most disgusting, disturbing yeah. things she's ever heard. And we don't even know the details of the, of what yeah, they never the voice on the phone what they said, said. But it was supposed to be sexual though and like it was a male voice so you can only imagine a creepy male voice yeah. saying extremely graphic and lewd sexual comments disgusting things probably yeah. yeah which that's just so i mean as a woman especially like a young woman like that in this type of situation i can only imagine yeah. how creepy and freaked, freaked out, out that oh would make my you feel. god i can't even imagine mm-hmm. and you think like if someone purposely called because they knew that she was there that means someone was still watching the house that's what I was about to ask. How did he know to call on time? Like yeah. any, or did he just, maybe he was calling a bunch of times. Yeah. I mean, he just, could have, but like, it almost seems like someone was watching. It and does like, because yeah. she, she answers the first time. Mm-hmm. She's like, Oh, this is weird. Creepy. Mm-hmm. Gotta be a prank or something hangs up. And then literally like shortly later calls mm-hmm. back calls again. again yeah. yeah. So either they were calling repeatedly and the police, I mean, have totally dismissed this. They have said that this was a prank call. Um, that Which, come on, what are the chances? The, it's hard because like there's not really as many prank calls now, but back then there were people were prank calling all the time because there was no caller ID. That was like the only thing to do. Like, like people like, would harass people and call and say like right. lewd things and like that. But like at the same the time, mo- first thing what in are the, morning? the chances? It's too convenient that they called right after the three of them so, disappeared. Think about and, this. Like I just yeah, I feel like that is such bullshit. The police just did not take that call seriously at all. It's it was like, never considered to no. be. They believe that it was completely something unrelated to the case and to this day that's what they say 
I don't know if I would just write that off as that because no. this is like fucking 10 a.m. in the morning. What kind of prank <laughs> callers calling? It's like, all right, just woke house. up trying to get started on my prank call. Yeah, <laughs> who's who's doing that? Come on. Yeah, and especially with that they said such creepy things. It'd be different if someone called and like it was an actual clear prank. Like, you're, is your refrigerator running? <laughs> it's, but no, it was someone trying to be scary and creepy. Clearly a male that knew there was yes. females there. Because mm-hmm. come on. If a dude, if Mike mm-hmm. the boyfriend answers, is he gonna say all that shit to Mike? Right. Well, who knows? Probably I mean, not. I'm just saying, if speculatively, probably not. I mean, clearly they're trying to, f- they are targeting this house. Someone because- must have been watching that house, or maybe there was like, I don't even know. I can't. It has to be that someone was watching it because it seems, and we'll get more into this, but like it seems like the other women were being watched. At least Stacy, if not, you know, everyone else as well. Mm-hmm. It seemed like maybe someone was watching them to have known when they were going to be home. And this was clearly planned. Right. You don't just take three people on a whim. You don't just like follow some in like from a party and then no. take three women. No, this is a planned. Clearly. Clear, yeah. You know, well operation operation for sure. So someone was probably watching that house. It seems likely, honestly. And they probably learned that house if they left no evidence and stuff. And like it was so clean cut. They probably knew the inside of that house somehow. Maybe they'd been in there for all we fucking know. Seriously. But enough to be there to or be ready to call mm-hmm. when someone comes over looking for them. It's very I creepy. mean, what, they still had someone watching after they took them? It's so creepy. It's this very case creepy. is so weird. It's very it's like every I feel like it's every woman's worst nightmare. Oh, oh I'm yeah, literally getting I'm creeps. starting to shake. Yeah, I hate it. It gives me so much anxiety thinking about this. Like seriously, I have no <laughs> idea. Yeah, no, it's really creepy, though. So Janelle, after he calls again, Janelle cuts him off, hangs up on him, and then they leave the house. They're like, we're getting out of here. Um, Yeah, dude, I'd be like, fuck this. Yeah. That is so scary. It is. It's terrifying. It really is terrifying. So Stacy's mother, actually, Janice, and her oldest daughter, Lisa, um, were under the impression that Stacy was at Janelle's house still. They had no idea that she even had gone to Cheryl's house. So they wow. had no clue. Okay. Um, but a relative relayed the information that Susie and Stacy left for Cheryl's house. This obviously made her mom upset because she didn't know where she was. Right. Um, but she just let it slide because, you know, she trusts her daughter. And well, stuff maybe Stacy like, was planning to call and let her know. I mean, it's the middle of the night. You're going to call and yeah. wake up your parents and tell them where right. you ended up sleeping. Yeah. And she but maybe she like, would have planned to call maybe early she in the morning or something. Right. Exactly. Right. She didn't worry about it too much because, you right. know, it wasn't. She needed to, to get to a about. safe space. They were originally planning on staying at the party, at the house that the party was at, right? And there was just so many people. Yeah. They yeah. couldn't. Right. So it, this was last minute, and you know it was harder to communicate back then. It's not like she could have texted her mom. Oh, I know. Like, I can't hey. even imagine a world where you have to call a <laughs> landline to get a hold of anybody. Like I know. Hey, Honestly, it's you really remember hard those days though. You'd call now. a landline and be like, somebody else would answer. Be like, yeah, is a. Uh, Oh, billion yeah. around especially like, as a kid yeah. like someone's brother would answer yeah. you'd be like hi can um, so-and-so talk i'd like to play with them yeah you're i like, was wondering if they could come out and play yeah it's, like, <laughs> it's so funny because like now you see kids on their iphones and they're probably all like messaging each other and it's all oh, it's like totally virtual different. and you know non-contact brief time back in our day we I used know. to have to ask the, the parent to talk to their kid yep. yeah. yeah that's weird yeah, but yeah i mean and that's why so many of these cases 
these older ones seem to be the ones with the most unsolved, un like just confusing, no answers totally. because there's no traceable stuff. Now people are communicating all the time and you can track, you can totally. form a timeline GPS better based on too. little texts going back and forth. Oh yeah. You know, like you're communicating with people all the time, especially when you're out and about. Like now most people share locations. We have locations on each other and people yeah, like we can track it all. It's all just of us changed all at the same time. a lot. Like the I don't think a crime like this may have been able to be committed nowadays three women without a trace like this yeah yeah that's a good point it's definitely a lot harder and this long going yeah right well this now many like years. so much of our daily activities online yeah that is really social media we're able to socials. know faster when yeah. somebody goes missing because right most of us are online and actively posting and things yeah. like that so when Right. All of a sudden, somebody goes quiet for for a little, you know, yeah. more than they typically do. You know, something's yeah. up right away. Well, when people go dis go missing, a lot of times you can figure out what may have happened to them by their actions on social media or messages, mm -hmm. text messages before then the days leading up to it. You can start kind of painting a picture of what was going on in their life. Yeah, but they didn't. People didn't have that. No, same you trace. had none of that. It was all word of mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like it reminds me. You know, I just recently covered Mason Smith on my channel and it was it was kind of hard for police to figure out what was really going on in his life because he didn't use social media. He just like did not. Well, also, he that. deleted his history. In his right. Computer. Well, he there's cleared that, a, too. There's probably YouTube. a lot of information, though, that but could as far help as social because like that stuff, you can't you can delete it, but it's always there. No, but the police couldn't find it. He you can delete it permanently if you but know he didn't how. delete his social media stuff. No, he no, only no not his social YouTube media history. Yeah, just the search history is what I'm saying. But Twitter and stuff, the Wayback Machine, you can see. Yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. right, you right. It and it's not. all archived on Twitter servers. It doesn't matter if you delete it or not. Right, but he right. didn't even like use it, so it was a super weird thing. It's like right. what teenager doesn't use social media? You know, it's like right. It's a huge tool when it comes to missing people, figuring out what they were doing mm -hmm. before. Definitely, a lot of cases have been solved that way. No, they really have. So Janice and Lisa actually headed into town to pick up Lisa's wedding dress at the bridal store. And at this point, it had almost been a full day since Janice had heard from her daughter, Stacy. And due to Cheryl and Susie moving to another house, Janice wasn't aware of their new address and phone number. That's the other thing, too, is you remember you have to like give your... When you go to someone else's house, you got to give your parents like the address and phone number and stuff. Yeah, like and people kept address books. Yeah, totally. You had to keep a contact list. And yeah. You know, I need to know whose number. Tell me what their number is. Their it's such address. a weird memory now. My mom flipping out her address book. Yeah. Like going through to the different letters of people. It's like such a different world. And it hasn't even been that long. Yeah, it's really not that long. Just goes to show how much technology is just changing yeah. rapidly. And where we're going to be 10, 20 years from now, it's going to be a different world again. We're going to never be disconnected. I feel like we're going to no. be like connected through this neural network. Oh, that my God. Elon Musk is building like <laughs> our brains are going to all be connected. Yeah. We're going to be like telepathically communicating. Mm -hmm. There'll be no verbal speech. It'll be all just wow. That would be crazy. Looking at just each other. At I each hate other. thinking about that because I don't want to live in a world <laughs> know, that's like that. It's weird. Oh, yeah. it's really There's weird. a balance. Absolutely. We're going to cross it. Oh, it's going to yeah. be really bad. Yeah. That is. <laughs> you almost need to go backwards in time. You got to slow yes. it down a little bit. I know. I'm ready to get my razor back. The razor is back. Did you see it? What? Yeah, the dude, razor is the back. The razor is back. Breaking news. Dude, we interrupt <laughs> oh, this. My God. It is. They made another razor, so it it's just it's a it's like a normal it's like an iPhone except it bends down in half. The screen it bends looks like in a half. Razor. It's a and flip it looks phone. like a razor. Yeah. Watch like flip phones come back. It'll be like cool again to have a oh flip phone. Oh my gosh. Honestly, I would not be that 
pissed about that be no, kind of happy protects it and stuff yeah because like everybody's tired of their screens breaking like that and was it's a nice thing private about it that it's shut because yeah. like if well, you there's a screen on open, front too yeah. it has two oh, screens okay. it folds and then there's a screen like right here yeah it's crazy it's dude cool. i gotta get myself the new razor i loved <laughs> my razor i had the pink razor yeah well janice didn't have a razor <laughs> she had to go searching through the phone book to try to find Cheryl's address and phone number. And eventually she was able to track it down. And so she decided to go over to Cheryl's house and pay them a visit. Cause she was like, I haven't heard from my daughter. Let's go see what, what's up. So she actually arrived at Cheryl's house when the sun began to set on June 7th. And she found that the door to the house was unlocked. So she entered nothing would be, you know, creepier or more alarming than mm-hmm. showing up at this woman's house that you are expecting to find your daughter in. And the door's just like wide open when you roll up. It's got to be such a scary feeling. Like man. what the hell? I mean, you're. I'm sure you're immediately thinking like the worst. Something happened. Mm-hmm. So once she stepped inside, she found the same eerie scene that Janelle witnessed earlier that day. The TV. Janelle didn't even like turn the TV out. She kept it. The TV in the bedroom was still turned on, tuned to static, and all the personal items were still left behind. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Right, which is good maybe at that, that she point did that. she started feeling like this could be a crime scene, and she left it all. I, well, I think she was sketched out enough that she just wasn't going to stick around there. Because right, she probably got the fuck out of there yeah, after she, that yeah. second call. Seriously. So while walking around the house, Janice noticed that her daughter's bathing suit, car keys, makeup kit, plus a change of clothes were arranged neatly in a pile. She's she was packing weird. them up for the water park. Right. So that almost makes you think they went home, like went to sleep or like packed up for the morning. Something something. happened that morning, early that morning, because we don't know from about two thirty three in at night till till eight, nine a.m. when Mm -hmm. Janelle shows up. Yeah. What happened? We have no clue. And it's like you would think since they went to a party that night, I instantly go to like maybe they were stalked by someone at the party and followed home and it all happened quick. But like this is all showing that maybe. They really did go home and had uh-huh. some time there, whether or not they went to sleep and like fully stayed there all night. But like what kind of abduction happens? That makes that even weirder if it happened in the morning, unless it was like still dark out and everyone's asleep pretty early, mm-hmm. like four or so. It's kind of like the best time to do it. Honestly, I was going to say it's probably the least amount of people out there on the yeah. road, like on the roads. And yeah. Unless it was the- like daytime though, unless it was morning. Because you'd 4 a.m. It's pitch that. black, though. No, I know, but unless it was, we don't know. Oh, what time yeah, it was. true. Yeah, it could have been when the sun was coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's like you think someone would see that. But then there's people getting up early for work. But what was it? It was a Sunday morning, right? Or is that what day of the week was this? June 7th. Uh, so it was. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go to my internal calendar. So, um, what year was it? It was 1992. Yeah, yeah sorry. Okay. I don't have the day in there. I don't know why, but I'm pretty, pretty look sure up the, it was a weekend night. Yeah, because well, there Saturday. was a graduation. So usually graduations on the June weekend. 7, 1992 no. was a Sunday. Sunday. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So they were going to go to the water park on a Sunday. This was a Saturday night. So yeah, so there's probably a period in time from about 3, 3.30 till probably about 5.30 that is like dead zone out there. Mm-hmm. Um, out in Springfield because you got to think remember too this is not like a huge town or a huge city or anything like that in in a lot of these places you know as we've experienced Mm -hmm. when it gets late shit shuts down I mean the whole place shuts down there there's Mm -hmm. not a lot of activity happening so which means that other than on the highway that's the other part of this too Springfield's right on a major major highway as well yeah um so 
But one of the things I, I, I forgot to mention was that the purses in the house were kind of like stacked on top of each other, which was kind of weird. Like they were like, why would they go and put, pile their purses like in a pile? They were on together? top of each other or yeah. they just like they were kind of other? in a pile like together. Like there's a picture of them actually. Like they're all kind of like stacked together, but it could have been like they were putting them together to get like get up in the morning and go, but they're all like kind of conveniently. It seems like they were all organized to so just grab and go in the morning. Yeah, that's like, like yeah. looking for stuff last minute. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's such a a lot of people do that yes. where you just like organize all the things you need to bring with you into an area. If they were planning, especially if it's like two in the morning, and they're like, oh shit, we got to get like, get our shit together. If you want to go to this water park tomorrow, yeah. like let's start organizing everything. I mean, the reason why I say that is because what Janice saw in the house was enough to really cause her to, mm-hmm. to panic and, and call the police. She was the right. one who actually was like, something's wrong here. Something doesn't right. feel right. But you know, and call the so police. Weird. What I just don't understand is, it seems that Stacy and Susie stayed there last minute, or at least Stacy yeah, well, did. Like it was like not yeah. always the plan. Well, Susie lived there because it's Cheryl, her mom. Well, no, house, right, right. right. So, but Stacy. Yeah, yeah. Like so, if someone had planned this in advance and it was very organized, it doesn't seem like they knew for sure that she'd even be there. Like that's what confuses me. It's not right. like she lived oh, there. Oh, if you're thinking from the angle that somebody may have like planned and targeted this. Right. If you um, think from that angle. Right. right. Yeah. That's why it's hard like, to believe it, any it, other angle because how can you do it so perfectly if this was just like some random thing? Right. They're supposed some... to go to the hotel rather than yeah. go to the hotel and then go to the park. But they just ditched the hotel, mm-hmm. went to Cheryl's house instead. Right. So why... It was just like by chance that they were there. So right. if it was something that was like being planned, they were totally. being stalked, being watched. They could have met someone at the party, like you had said, right? And like, brought them back, even maybe to like hang out. But then they just randomly abducted three know. women maybe without any. Went south or something. I have no idea. It's so confusing. Welcome to the Springfield Three case. Yeah, seriously. This is what I'll do to you. So, literally, sixteen hours later, Janice calls the police, um, and basically, you know, is like, "Hey, my daughter's missing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know where she is." And it's like sucks because at this point it's been so long at this point. Like with sixteen hours, that's a long time. Over a day has passed. Or and if this was any type of human trafficking, and I'll you know explain more that I think that's my personal theory. It's what makes the most sense to me. You know, they'd be on that highway and gone fast, man, fast. Right before the sun came up, probably. Mm -hmm. So it's really late to be reporting it, and it's not like they could have done any better. I definitely don't blame them. Yeah. But it sucks that it happened that way. It does. And apparently in the process of calling the police, Janice accidentally deleted the messages that were on the answering machine from that creepy unknown male voice, of course. That's why we don't have... I wish we yeah. had the recordings from no. that so you could hear. Because that's, that I mean, could have you been could, such a huge part. Totally. You can take a voice and, and try and track down whose voice it is. Right. That gives you, you something. Machines, even if they like tried to like lower mm-hmm. their voice, you could just run it all types of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was a huge bit of, I mean, there's a lot of mistakes here that people made without knowing, like people didn't realize that this was like this huge crime and they just were doing basic things. Like, you just think, you know, lost. most people listen to messages and as soon as it like plays, they delete it. But it is kind of weird to delete something like that. Like you think, but I guess maybe she just thought it was a prank phone call. Like, ew, get this off yeah, my she machine. Yeah, be so disgusted by it. Like, yeah, oh God. Just, ew, God, people are so annoying and I delete want, it. I don't want the police to have yeah. to hear this or something, even yeah. though well, they I don't should. Even, maybe she wasn't even thinking. I mean, 
who knows what what they were thinking but bottom line is that could have been a really huge key mm-hmm. piece of evidence for there was a lot of for law enforcement that could have helped that got messed up but probably the biggest thing is the fact that before like police ever even got there which they didn't a bunch of family and friends mm-hmm. started coming over to Cheryl's yep. house to like help look for them and like you know just wanted to see what was going on and mm-hmm. they ended up coming over and starting cleaning up everything straightening yeah. things up cleaning up wiping the whole down house. countertops because yeah. it was probably dirty in there when they came home they were so late mm-hmm. all disheveled and so they started like cleaning like tidying up the house and the problem with that is is that if there mm-hmm. this was a crime scene wiping all that forensic evidence is getting destroyed yep. or contaminating mm-hmm. with their own dna which who knows how many how much was actually left because if this was a professional organized operation which a lot of people don't understand that's a very real thing there's it's a very scary thing that go in about. and take people. It's mm-hmm. very organized. Mm-hmm. So if they were to do that, you'd think, I mean, they could make it so that there is no evidence either way. Yeah, like I mean, they, it's not hard they know to know how to like, yeah, you know, cover your cover yourself. It's not up. your average criminal or like the no. town. Yeah, some drunk guy yeah, they met no. at the party. That definitely like not. Back There's no way that's what it was. Took off with them. You would have seen something. There would be something more, for sure. What if some? What if it was like an organized plan, and they showed up at the party on purpose, and like tried to like kind of lure them in to become their friend, and then all of a sudden That's there a was like other yeah. people, you know, working behind them, right. waiting for the right time yeah. to come in and really. But this was like the project. But don't you think people at the party? This was relatives at the party. Yeah, that's so. That's what's so thing is that they weren't at a random party. They went literally to Janelle's relative party, party. a family party. Yeah, exactly. That's what. So how many sketchy characters could have possibly been there? Plus, they interviewed everyone that was there. What was going on? Who were they talking to? And like, no one saw anything out of the ordinary, or anyone leave with them by any means. And as far as we know, they didn't go to like some nightclub or some somewhere downtown to like, Mm -mm. you know be around potentially somebody that could lure them so mm-hmm. as far as we know unless while they were driving somebody had been like stalking them for far longer and had been following them back to the house or you know undetected you know what i mean that yeah. we just don't even know about i mean that, that's a possibility yeah. but as far as we know there's no way they got home to cheryl's house without incident Mm-hmm. like normal everything was completely normal right it doesn't make any sense that's what's so wild it's so weird ah oh, this one really oh it's just gonna nuts. get weirder get ready so at this point the police agree to file a missing persons report for Susie, stacy and cheryl great good job doing the bare minimum here <laughs> but since they received the call at such late hours so this was june 7th that night and this was back in like a small policing there's not like you know detectives on call you probably to do a missing persons report they suggested for janice to swing by the police station in the morning they didn't even like do anything that night they just were like okay we'll follow the report because they're yeah. like okay three women they probably just like ran away they didn't you know this happens so much with missing persons cases they don't they don't take you know the other side of or the other possibility that this could be malicious or could be some type of criminal activity involved with this disappearance and they just kind of like okay or maybe they couldn't. For all I know, they couldn't. There's some policy or something. But right. they didn't do anything that night. They just took the report and said, come by the next morning. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting, apparently the officer who took her call also said, quote unquote, could you try to obtain the dental records of your daughter, Stacy? That's weird. That is weird. So automatically Why? an officer is telling her to get dental records because the only reason you do that is to identify, identify a, body, a body. Yeah. Which why... 
right at right as she's filing the report this is a if this is legit this actually was said as far as i know this was said Mm -hmm. by the officer that's very suspicious if you ask me that is really strange why on earth would you need that right away that's very odd. I've Jumping never right heard of a conclusion. missing persons case where they automatically go get the ask dental, records. dental records. That's if you find a body and right. you need to match it. Yeah. I mean, maybe they were just trying to get ahead. Like, <laughs> there was nothing else to work on. I mean, to their credit, there was like nothing else to do. This, I mean, there was like nothing that, to work with. That's how the police with. are acting like. I mean, maybe they police, were like, I don't know. There is stuff you can <laughs> it's, do. It's weird. It's, it's very it's, weird. It's fucking weird. So, Janice started getting pictures and you know getting the latest pictures she could from the day of the graduation and creating missing persons posters to hang up around town and it wasn't long after this that the community began to get involved as well eventually they had handed over or handed out over 40,000 flyers across the entire state of Missouri that's how far this stretched right so this is when we start getting Chances into are they're probably long gone from Mrs. Missouri yeah I mean. yeah so before we get into suspects and, and theories here, um, we'd like to thank our last sponsors for today. So let's go into some suspects and theories. So days go by with no viable leads or answers on the whereabouts of Cheryl, Susie, and Stacy until Springfield police received an interesting tip. A young waitress working at George's Breakfast, a favorite restaurant of Cheryl and Susie's, claimed to see the three missing women the night of their disappearance. Between the hours of 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. All of them? So all three of them, if they were, in fact, the people she thought she saw, they were at this restaurant between 1 and 3. So it could have been in between the point at which they left the family's house. But then that would have meant they would have had to go get Cheryl or Cheryl met them there or something. I don't know exactly how they got there. Why was Cheryl up so damn late and up for breakfast at 1 a.m.? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we don't know for sure that this woman actually saw them. Right. Well, that's the but... thing is they police followed up on the tip and they weren't able to corroborate it. Okay. Um, they weren't able to find any other customers that had seen the missing three mm-hmm. women. So kind of nothing came of it, but it was one of the tips that they got. Um, but then things would take an interesting turn for police in the town of Springfield, Missouri. So with little information, the police had to start digging into the backgrounds of the three women and that's where our first suspects come about. So the first suspect is Bart Streeter. So they obtained some interesting information um, that led them to Bart Streeter, who was actually the son of Cheryl Levitt and the older brother to Susie, who's actually nine years older than her. Mm -hmm. Um, And when they looked into his past, they were able to find some problems between him and the family pretty much. Mm Mm-hmm. At one point in the early 1980s, Bart was kicked out of the home due to his abuse of alcohol on the regular basis. Cheryl did not approve of his habits and told him, quote unquote, if you want to live under my roof, then you have to abide by my rules. Bart ignored her instructions and then grabbed his belongings, essentially moved out Mm -hmm. and away for 10 years. He left. Right. Later on, though. Totally estranged. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So later on, he reappears in Springfield in the fall of 1991 because of a rough breakup and falling out with his girlfriend at the time. Kind of came home. Right. Hoping to mend things um, between him and his family. And they sort of all came back together. And actually Bart and mm-hmm. Susie agreed on sharing an apartment together. Um, which helped reconnect the relationship from that 10 year break that they had from each other. 
But it wasn't long until things went sideways. Bart was finding it difficult to adjust to his new single life because he was still, you know, getting over a major breakup, mm-hmm. um, which is always hard. But this also, you know, that turmoil from breaking up with his girlfriend yeah. stirred up some of his inner demons and mm. caused him to relapse and uh, his addiction to alcohol came back and took a turn for the worse. Yeah, I mean, I think he was like struggling with depression. Mm-hmm. He always had issues. Mm-hmm. And actually during an argument between Bart and Susie, the fight led to a physical altercation. And this was the final straw for Susie and she actually moved out of the apartment and went back home with her mother, Cheryl. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of why... Bart was considered one of the first suspects in the case. Right. Which but, is interesting. Which is like, okay, like family, you mm-hmm. know, drama, fi- it's like, family. Yeah. It's like this happened. That doesn't mean really. Yeah, exactly. He's going to go murder his mom and his, and their friend, and, abduct three right. women. Plus. Right. Why? This guy doesn't sound like he would be the type to be no. able to pull something like this off. I mean, he was essentially a drunk. Right. That Yeah. Especially if you're an, if you're an alcoholic, the, ability to pull off an abduction at all would be very difficult yeah especially if he was like drinking while it happened there would be some type of evidence i mean they're just doesn't make make any sense and of course the police realize this and they cleared him pretty much they cleared Mm -hmm. him from any wrongdoing um but to this day bart streeter is haunted by their disappearance and the fact that he never got to patch things up with them i'm sure which must really be terrible I mean, to, to lose with. your sister and your mom and never to be able to have closure on so many things. And how much regret you're probably carrying so around hard. from the past in those 10 years. So hard. You left and you weren't there. Like, that's that's rough. Probably carries guilt from not being there. Yeah. Not, maybe not living with them. And Yeah. I can only imagine that's got to be rough to deal with. So this leads us to our next suspects, Dustin Reckler and Michael Clay. So as police kept investigating the backgrounds of the three women, they found another potential lead. And Susie's ex-boyfriend, Dustin Reckler, and his friend, Michael Clay. Apparently, while Susie and Dustin were in a relationship, the two men were charged with vandalizing a mausoleum and also stealing gold teeth from corpses in the mausoleum. That's so savage. Really? In order to sell them to the pawn shop. Who That's does so that? Weird. Who does that? How much money can you possibly make off of gold Seriously. teeth? Seriously, too, it can't be worth what that much. What is this pawn shop? That's like, oh yeah, where'd you find these gold teeth? <laughs> give you a twenty bucks for them, you know? Yeah. Like, well, how much money can you uh, get for some? Go- Seriously, how disrespectful for no payoff. What but bottom ridiculous. line, I mean, you shouldn't be going into a mausoleum. Period, disturbing no, the dead. Oh my god! And taking from somebody's loved one. That's just like messed up. So they were charged. And, you know, Susie found out about this and she obviously broke off the relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clearly, that would be a final straw for me, too. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently Dustin wasn't happy about it. Michael wasn't happy about it. There's a lot of anger towards Susie after this. And there were multiple uh, there were multiple reports about hearing Michael say, quote unquote, I wish all three of the women were dead. Yep. And despite their alibi for the night. Of Cheryl and Susie and Stacy's disappearance, it has never been confirmed on the validity of where Dustin and Michael were that evening. Yeah, They've their never alibi, been a, alibi's always been a little shaky. Yeah, we they haven't been able to actually 100% confirm mm-hmm. where they were. We don't really know. Mm-hmm. So, but yet, due to zero evidence pointing in their direction, they have never been apprehended or charged with the disappearances. However, they are still considered persons of interest or suspects to this day. I'd say probably persons of interest at this point, probably not suspects, but I mean, who knows? 
Oh, I'm sure it's probably person of interest. And I mean, you have I, to have some decent evidence, right? To make some of and they can that. kind of see, like, yeah, it's kind of. I mean, they're committing crimes and mm. they've got kind of a criminal past. But then right. again, like, would they be capable of abducting three women and making them disappear without a trace? Yeah, doesn't that just seem? Here so they insane? are getting caught selling gold teeth to a pawn shop. Like, really, yeah. they're that smart that they could figure out a way to do that or pull that off? Like, seems unlikely to me. Mm-hmm. So. After this, more tips started coming in and things just got stranger. In the very early hours of of the disappearance of the three women, at approximately 6.30 a.m., a woman was sitting out on her front porch when she noticed an odd van. She explained to investigators the vehicle was a Dodge panel van that had a silver to greenish hue. The model was seemingly from the mid-1960s to early 1970s, so of course a really creepy-looking van, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. That, you know, most of us associate with like abductions. Mm-hmm. And she said she said that herself. She said the van was out of place and it was not a vehicle mm-hmm. owned by any of the neighbors on the block. So if you take her testimony seriously, you got to wonder, could that have been involved in this case? You know, yeah, oftentimes what seems these. pretty clear that. And she didn't get a license plate, huh? That's a shame. No. Well, it was a. I'm pretty sure it was a stolen plate or something, mm. um, which I mean, I don't, or actually it may not even had a plate yeah. on it at all. Mm. But also um, she heard, or at first she saw, she noticed a young woman in the driver's seat that appeared very distressed. So that's alarming to think. Wow. And then she claimed to hear an unidentified male voice speaking to the driver saying, quote unquote, back out slowly and don't do anything stupid. So that but is how like, is she able to hear all this right. from there? From the front porch, you could hear all that, unless it was yelling. I mean, and the car was on though. The car's True. running. The engine's running. Could have been loud. They could. I, like, I have questions about that. I mean, sometimes it's just hard because this story became such a nationwide phenomenon that, like, I think people wanted to be part of it. People were sending in false tips for like Chris right. Watts and all types of stuff. I mean, a lot of right. times that happens. It does seem a little convenient that you could hear. It seem it just seems a little too like stereotypical to like what an abduction would be like. Right, right. Could have been real. We don't know, but yeah, I'm not. It just makes me question it for sure. And the tip wasn't phoned in right away. Like they didn't. They didn't. It was obviously later on, and the witness explained to authorities that she hadn't had any idea that there were three missing women since this case was still happening in the early mornings. That she witnessed this and it had it broadcast on the local news. But then again, this is her telling this later. She could be lying about that too. We don't know yeah, for we, sure. We don't know. So it's kind of like, do you take her word for it or not? Yeah. It's kind of a gamble. And she, she said that she called the authorities later on after she had seen Susie Streeter and she identified her as the driver, which is interesting and could have, it could be true. And the police actually considered her statement to be very credible and decided to buy the same modeled van, painted it the color the witness believed it to be, and then parked it out front near the police station with the phone number to contact the police for any tips and information. So, I don't know. I don't know how that really helps all that much. I guess you were trying to, like, jog people's memory if they've seen this type of van. But Yeah, I guess. But then again, I mean, I feel like it's not that uncommon to see this type of van, you know? No. So, I don't know how that really helps. But it did, apparently, and traction in the case started to pick up. A paper boy doing his deliveries at night described seeing a similar type of van, but the color of it was brown. Hmm. 
Well, wasn't the other one brown? It was like a greenish hue. It was like a silver to greenish hue. Oh, sorry. I must yeah, have read so, the wrong thing. So a totally different color. Oh, okay. Um, well, I mean, maybe at night you could see like green and right. brown. Right. Well, that's the thing. Is it, it was night. Was the it dark... a forest green? Yeah, it exactly. It almost looked like brown. Mm-hmm. Especially at night. Oh, yeah. But the problem is, is that because there's too much of like uncertainty with these tips, yeah. there's not much you can do with it and doesn't mm-hmm. ultimately really lead to anything. Mm-hmm. But Janice remained steadfast in her pursuit of finding her daughter, of course, as well as Cheryl and Susie, and continued to make inquiries with news stations in order to get the story aired throughout the states. And because of her relentless persistence, yeah, she really drove this home. I mean, she's she's the one that kept us alive and really totally. like kept us going. And she made it an infamous case for sure. She really did, and she kept on the media and stuff to share the story, um, which ultimately led to a potentially promising break in the case. A tipster from the state of Florida called in after seeing the case on the national news and they gave the name of somebody by the name Robert Craig Cox to the authorities in which the police added him to the list of suspects. And as it turned out, the caller of the tip was a brother of Sharon Zellers, a Mm -hmm. 19 year old teenager allegedly murdered by Robert Cox in 1978 as she was on her way home from a late night of work at Disney World. And at the time, Robert was in the vicinity celebrating his recent graduation from basic training to become an army ranger. He was accompanied by his parents who were at the hotel nearby. And it was quite late that night when Robert headed out on his own while his parents were wanting to get some rest. And later in the evening, Robert barged into the room covered in blood coming from his tongue that was partially bitten off. Ew. That's crazy. Oh, so foul. Hell no. Oh man, that is gross. Biting your tongue hurts so bad. I can't even imagine Ugh. having a pe- piece of oh, it ripped even off. Even when it's just a tiny God. little bite, you get like the very tip. Oh, like, yeah, just like, oh, One taste bud is bitten. Oh, yes, it, hurts. it still hurts. I can't imagine that. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's why I could never get my tongue pierced. I feel like that would hurt so bad. Oh, oh God, that's thick. Some people that's say like it doesn't worst... hurt that bad. Really? Yeah. Everyone I've talked to that has it, like, yeah. said it wasn't that bad. Just for some reason, just yeah. sounds like it hurts so bad. I know, I know. I swear, and people said noses don't hurt either, but I, oh my god, mine hurts so bad. I started crying. Oh. So Robert went to the emergency room, and he actually told the nursing staff that he bit off his own tongue. Oh my <laughs> god! What? But obviously, that wasn't the case. Because a few hours later, the police located the body of Sharon Zellers, who was reported of not arriving back home after work. Ah. Her deceased body was only a mere hundred feet from the hotel Robert and his family were staying in. And with Robert, another S name, Sharon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't that weird? Isn't it? It's like this person that, and only wanted. That could be to another clue S. as to connect the other three to to him potentially. Maybe if your thing was to go for women. With S that's names. a weird that's fetish, a weird though. Thing. That's true. I feel like that's highly unlikely. That's it's more of a coincidence, yeah. probably. You're probably. Right. I think S names were pretty popular. In like the 70s. Mm-hmm. Like these girls are probably born in the 70s, right? Yeah. So Robert Cox's wild story about his tongue, you know, him biting his tongue off or whatever. Yeah. And this guy's fucking, this yeah. guy is weird, man. Yeah. But police interviewed him, um, but were unable to charge him with any crimes. And the main reason being a lack of advancement in DNA research in the late 1970s. So after this incident, Robert traveled with the army to California, where in 1985 he was charged and convicted on two separate occasions mm-hmm. of abduction and assault of more women. So this guy was like known yeah. for this type of thing. Yep. And not only that, but he worked 
with Stacy's dad at one point. Yeah, yeah. In an automotive type of position. Yeah, like a dealership type. So of thing. and like Stacy would come and bring him lunch a lot and hang Their out paths there. Crossed was a close lot. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he totally could have developed a liking for her. Plus, like I said, she was like trying to get into this local modeling. Yeah. At least doing auditions and stuff. He easily could have seen her somewhere. Totally. And yeah. If there is a suspect that could have done this or most likely Robert Cox seems to be the guy. I mean, yeah, I mean, he has murder charges. He was indicted actually on the murder charges of Sharon Zeller um, and was taken to trial in which he was found guilty, sentenced to life without parole and placed on death row. Mm-hmm. However, what's crazy is the ruling was later overturned because of a lack of DNA evidence and he was actually released. What? Yeah, he was released after this. And then yeah. moved in 1992 to where his parents were living in Springfield. Literally months before this disappearance of the Springfield three happened. Which is crazy. Yeah. It's just crazy to think about. And like you said, he was, he was employed. He was the mechanic at the, at this used car dealership mm-hmm. where Stacy McCall's father was working. So after the disappearances, Robert was interviewed and questioned by the police about, you know, where he was Mm -hmm. and his girlfriend at the time confirmed his alibi that he was with her the entire night that they disappeared and he had plans to attend Sunday morning church service, which we later find out this was not the case. She basically lied to cover up for him. Three years later in 1995, Robert was actually arrested in Texas for holding an unarmed weapon on a 12 year old girl. Bad dude, man. He was fucking really bad dude. And then from that point on, he's been serving a life sentence for aggravated robbery. So he's just been doing a bunch of different things, mm-hmm. a bunch of definitely violent crime for sure. So throughout the years after he was arrested, the police have basically said that he was the prime suspect in the case. And actually in an interview with Springfield police, Robert once said, quote unquote, I can tell you that I know the three women are dead and the person who committed the crime had experience and they were buried close to Springfield. Yeah, this is very weird. And he's done a TV interview where is it the TV? Yeah, this is the TV interview. Yeah, Can we put that in there? We can try. I don't know. If we can't put it in there, then I want to try because it's interesting. Yeah. But if we can't, we'll like link it below or somewhere you can see it because the interview with him is very weird. He's like, he's this really weird arrogance, like almost like he knows I'm fucking with these people. I know something. And he's like, I just know that they're dead. Well, it's like he's like, I'm sure that they're dead. And they're like, how do you know that? He's like, I don't know, but I I know that they're dead. And he's already in prison for like life, basically. Like, yeah. Why wouldn't you just. But is it for shock value? Is it because he has cameras on him and he knows it's going to go out there and scare people? And he's gone with the whole I'm a piece of shit, bad boy. And this Mm -hmm. I like to scare people and I want to be known as this. Like, it's hard to. Suspects do a lot. Oh, yeah. A lot. Mm -hmm. A lot. A lot of people in jail are born. They just literally want to be interviewed. Totally. Especially an opportunity to be on TV. Yeah. I mean, why not? Why not? When you're committed enough to you're you're spending life in prison, you know, why not just add to your resume? Honestly, it's like a resume. Seriously. Yeah. Well, there's also reports that apparently he will tell the truth about what happened to Cheryl, Susie and Stacy once his mother passes away because he doesn't want to cause her grief. Well, it's like, okay, so that you're basically saying that you did it then because what you're going to tell us all that you didn't do it once your mom dies. Like 
It's so I don't weird. Know if I, believe that, I don't though. think I believe hell? it either. Like I just that sounds it's like too some, convenient some to bullshit. try to like lead people on, yeah. you know, down this road of like I did it, but I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, but people the... do that though. It's hard. Like it seems unlikely, but like people do crazy shit. Like you think about Michael Turney in the Alyssa Turney case. Yeah, that's true. And he, you know, he some... always says, "I'll confess on my deathbed." Yeah, and that type of like, individual. So you're saying yeah. that you did it then? Like, because what you're going to say, you're finally not, you're not guilty on your deathbed, like. The way that they say that, it's like so obvious of what you mean. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. It's very weird. He's definitely, Cox is definitely one of those characters here that it's hard to get a good read on him yeah. or really make a decision don't on really him. Know. And there's not Some anything... people think he for sure did it and they're so set on that. And a lot of people think he's just a character. There's nothing physical connect. There's no evidence right. connecting him to it. Mm-hmm. It's just more out of coincidence that yeah. he might be a person that could do this to make but is he capable of abducting three women by right. himself and leaving no evidence no trace these women would have fought these women yeah. would have fought if they were abducted yeah. by one person i mean and it wasn't just like there was a mother there you know she's right. gonna try to protect her kid there was gonna be a fight there would have been evidence of unless they were like all like injected with something and knocked out mm-hmm. and carried right, out and like right. that's the type of stuff that they do in human trafficking mm-hmm like super thorough yeah, and thought yeah. out professional job for sure but the one other uh person of interest i just wanted to mention that um other people think is someone by the name steve garrison who's currently serving a 40-year sentence for an unrelated crime but he reportedly gave police information allegedly unknown to the public regarding the green van and the three murdered women but that lead never panned out when police followed it Um, There's also curiosity of this so-called GJ3, which are three men allegedly named before a grand jury with regard to their involvement in the case. However, no charges were brought and the records are sealed by the court leading to much speculation. Mm -hmm. So this is just, yeah, we have no idea if this is real or not, but this is just something that's out there. So this leads us into like theories of what could have happened. We've obviously talked about some of it, but there's some questions that remain unanswered. Um, that are very interesting like how could someone have gotten these three women out of the house that night without leaving a trace or a sign of struggle did they impersonate an authority figure to gain entry that's another interesting question that is did they fabricate some type of emergency in order to get the women to apply did they have a weapon they used to control them to think about that's see the weapon thing is my biggest guess i guess you know like I can definitely see how if you had a gun and there's three woman, women and you don't have a gun to defend yourself, how you would just cooperate because you're just scared of getting shot. Right. You know, I feel like that would make sense leading them out with a weapon. Yep. I agree. Definitely seems very likely yeah. that it was something like that. But gaining entry, that's interesting. They could have acted like an authority figure, the police. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the theories. So one of the theories is this police cover-up theory, which was that woman on that right. True Crime Daily interview that was right. just bizarre as shit. And maybe we can insert a couple clips again. I can't promise it because it could get copyrighted yeah, and banned in the country. wild on YouTube these days. It's but so insane. If anything, we'll link everything for yeah. you so you can go watch it. Because that interview is worth watching. It is weird. So this woman named Kathy, I don't even really think we know, she claims to know a lot about what happened like yeah. he claims to know exactly what happened but she like won't say she there's all this stuff that she's hiding and the the crew that were interviewing her were really pushing her like 
I don't understand why we're even doing this interview if you're not going to tell us. And like, what's your point here? And almost accusing her of like pretending. Right. Which she could. Which she could just be completely just getting attention and pretending. But she was like, look, I can't. I live here. I live there. And there's certain things I can't talk about. There's people involved. She seemed to insinuate there's people involved Mm -hmm. that are in positions of authority that know exactly what happened with this case. Yes. And And we just kept quiet about it. Totally. And we actually just had firsthand experience with this. Our series coming out in January, Mm -hmm. you will see. But we interviewed people that told us that they actually didn't want their interview to go into the series or they didn't want to be on camera or talk to us in any way because of politics within the town, because of fear. Right, right. This seems very similar to what happened in in the case that we we were working on. And this does happen, especially in these smaller towns across America. This is Missouri, Springfield, Missouri, we're talking about. Mm -hmm. It is very possible that at the time there was some type of, look, the Golden State Killer was a freaking police officer. Yep. There are bad ones out there and it's oh, yeah. very possible that there, there is some type of <laughs> a lot of either, good ones, but a lot of bad ones. Could for all we know it could be a serial killer. We have no idea. Mm-hmm. But there could have been somebody that was just either disguised as a police officer or was an actual police officer that was involved in the disappearance of these three. Yeah. It's very it's it seems, seems kinda like that's what the woman was alluding be, to. Right. Like corruption, cover up. Totally. I live in this town, but, but I can't be say anything. Say. Right. Yeah. I'm a target if so. And I am curious how many other people in Springfield, you know, would say the same thing or like have their own yeah. theories, yeah. but they like will never come to a public platform right. in fear for their safety. Totally. I think there's probably more than just Kathy, this, whoever this woman is that they interviewed, but no, she seemed freaked out. She seemed like she wanted to tell so bad. It didn't, she didn't strike me as someone that was just doing it for attention too. Well, why? What's, yeah. What does she have to gain out of that, really? No, she was just Other like, than look crazy. Yeah, I don't know. You guys will have to be the judge on that. I don't know. But if you think about those questions I, I just read a few minutes ago, like a cop could easily answer that. Like, how could they get them out? It was professional. They would know how to cover it up. They'd know, how, they'd know exactly what to do. They'd have right. a weapon. They right. could show up at a house and ring, you know, knock on the door and somebody would answer. If you see a uniformed police officer, especially then, you're going to probably mm-hmm. open it for them. They could be easily watching a house yeah, and watching totally. when someone goes in a house right. and make those calls. Totally. I mean, and the Golden State Killer being a police officer, and he was so into prank calling. Not prank calling, but he would call the houses and say all this creepy stuff and, I'm going to kill you. Like, uh, you yeah, know? Yeah. Remember he would do all that? Yep. And he was a cop. Yep. That's what I'm saying is like, it seems more likely that it could have been something like that. Yeah. Very I mean, it's it seems like either way. But, you know, a lot of human trafficking people get involved in it, like hire like officials and stuff will kind of work with the, the bad guys. Mm-hmm. So it could still be something like that. Yeah. That was somebody could be alive to this day that was involved in a cover mm-hmm. up that they're protecting. Mm-hmm. And that's they could why have been paid. Yeah. Because yeah. there's literally like you go to the Springfield police website or in the actual government site and you read their thing and there's nothing yeah there's literally the basic timeline call police with information there's nothing else yeah and which is very weird for a case that's been as popular or you know infamous as this one yeah. there should be way more yeah but there's not there's not almost conveniently so that that's like one of the biggest series out there is there's some type of corruption or potentially a 
uh, law enforcement individual that could be involved with this disappearance, which is just crazy to think about. That's totally possible. Um, like you brought up, the other one was human trafficking, which that seems probably like to me, those two are kind of in the top. Yeah. I think for me, I, I don't, or it could be a mix. Yeah. I think a little both. I think Cox could be, but I also think he may not be. I think I, yeah. I have like a 30% chance that it's him, mm-hmm. but I think, I think there's just, this is just too clean, too professional of mm-hmm. an abduction to be somebody like Cox, you know? Yeah. It feels like it, seems it was like a sloppy dude. Yeah, totally. I don't know. It's hard to say. But then again, I mean, he did kind of get away with all the other stuff sort of. So yeah, it's, it's kinda, like when you look at his background, that like definitely maybe adds he to did it. know what to do and you know, they're out there somewhere. But yeah, I mean, it seems like a professional job to me in some way. Well, his mom's like what, like in her eighties now. So maybe she'll pass away and we'll find out in the next. That sounded really mean. Yeah. Like I'm waiting for her to pass away. But yeah, maybe he will be true in his word. But then again, how do you verify unless he's able to give like, right, I know right. here's, here's where the <laughs> where remains are. are. Yeah. That would be the here's big the thing. location. Well, that's the biggest thing in this case is like there have never been bodies found. Like you'd think that if it was something local and they were murdered and then buried around there, like they would have been found by now. Maybe, 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 maybe. I mean, maybe not yeah. though. No, maybe not for sure. But I mean, my best guess is they were taken out of there. Yeah. Fast. And out of the area mm-hmm. and they're long gone somewhere come far away. But you know, and most people think and assume a lot of people don't even consider them like missing people anymore, that they consider this a murder. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I'm torn on that because I feel like there is a possibility that they're still alive and being kept in human trafficking. Mm-hmm. And three attractive women. Yeah, they could have happened been, to be all there together. And then yeah, gone they, together. they get you in there. They hook you on drugs and then you're stuck in this yeah. world. And well, they completely brainwash you pretty much and brainwash you. you absolutely. Know, you're, you become sucked into the reality of of human trafficking yeah you become a dependent on your abductor you're a slave it's a crazy world if you don't know about the realities of that i really recommend i am jane doe on netflix is it that one is that what it's called i think it's called yeah i believe so yeah i might be wrong but there's some good ones but it's definitely a one of the more interesting and 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 very common yeah common yeah way more common than people realize i mean really but there's also this rumor um, from an individual who claims they're an expert um, in the case, suggesting that the bodies of Cheryl, Susie, and Stacy are buried under the Southside parking garage mm-hmm. of Cox Hospital, which was being built during uh, the timeline of the events. So they could have been put there. Yeah. Well, oh, that's so creepy. Yeah, which is which is possible, but this is interesting. So a reporter in 2010 used their own money to hire a mechanical engineer with. Um, expertise and basically using specialized radar to scan under the ground. And while they were scanning, apparently they noticed three anomalies and they haven't definitively said they can't obviously say exactly what they are, mm-hmm. but they bared some resemblance to what he's found in graveyards. So potentially maybe there's bodies under there, Potent, maybe, mm-hmm. but police are skeptical, which is interesting. Um, and they're not convinced and they don't, they refuse to take s- samples from the concrete to and look for a decomposition. They not even have to pay for it. It was no, volunteered all, to be paid for. They refuse. For, which is very weird. Very weird. And definitely screams like, we don't want to mess up the garage because it's inconvenient. Yeah. It's like, like come on. Really? This is one of your guys' biggest case. Like, if you solve this, imagine the news coverage, how good the police department would look good. Like, you guys don't want to try? Why? 
fuck? Why not? I mean, what do you really this have to lose? No you sense. can fix concrete. Yeah. Why don't you just see, maybe there's something you should see under there anyway, or there's some other bodies unrelated, you know, that's kind of a, it's sick, but it's kind of a popular way to hide and dispose of, you know, remains as a put it under concrete. I mean, that happens no, a lot oh, totally. more often than not. Cause I mean, who's going to go under a lot of cases where they think that bodies could be under construction and they just can't get permits or access right, to the right. area. Kristen smart, yeah. even Alyssa Turney, yeah. like there's an area that Sarah thinks that she was buried possibly. It happens way more than people yeah. think because it's makes sense. Like that's one permanent I think way. Asia degree as well. They think can't even remember now that was, I covered that one forever ago, but yeah, I mean, it is a perfect spot. You think about it, mm -hmm. cover them. Totally. But like, what if construction workers like, right? I well, mean, that's the whole thing. And police are like, well, when they're like excavating, bodies, like, if they're excavating, like how would they have timed it? So they get in there and bury it right as like concrete's about to be poured. Cause when they're excavating they a site, that? they would see it. They would absolutely find yeah. it if they I were mean, there. I mean, it's hard. It's it. It does work sometimes, but it's you definitely have questions. Well, not only that, but apparently this expert or whatever who kind of started this was an online, you know, web sleuth who oh, was also a yeah. proclaimed psychic as well. Literally from websleuths.com. Yeah, this one guy. Yeah. I remember this. And apparently this. he received the tip as part of a psychic encounter he had with the spirit of Stacy. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I don't know, but. I don't no, I don't discount all psychics when it comes to true crime. I think some people There's a lot of bullshit too. You know? Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. Major. A lot like ninety percent of, of it, man. Mm -hmm. It's so. just and sometimes it's so like misleading for families. There's been so many cases of families who have been like told by a psychic, like, oh, they're here, they're here, they're here, and then they find their body in a completely different spot and they like had hope and Yeah. I don't know. It's I, I have mixed feelings about that. Psychics when it comes to true crime. Yeah. I don't know, man. This one's really bizarre, though. It's extremely rare for three women to vanish at the same time. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, the police theories are interesting, the cover-up and stuff, but did the police actually commit it? I don't know. That would be kind of hard or for Or it's a situation where it's, like, family-connected and they're covering up, you know, they're, yeah. high, they're protecting somebody with, you know, a loved one or relative of somebody in the department. Who knows? I mean, the corruption runs deep in some places. Yeah. So who really knows? I but. just think it really could have been. This reminds me a lot of the Johnny Gosh case, just the way that it was so like clearly calculated and done with just such precision and so clean and just vanished like with nothing, you know? I don't know. It just, and the fact that they were so beautiful, like yeah. all three of the women yeah. are really beautiful, blonde, beautiful women. So I don't know. I mean, it's like the more pretty someone is in human trafficking, they're like worth more to the trafficker. Ugh. It's, it's really sad, but like, I mean, they were really gorgeous and you'd think they could have been targeted for sure, that reason. Sure. It is on a major interstate as well. It'd, it'd be a prime spot to do stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, that's why you, you got to be careful of Walmart's on freeways. Yep. Because, that's a huge thing right now. Because that's where they like to go sit and lure or they go through Walmart, lure you out to their van. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're in a van and on the highway to who knows where. Oh, the and, thing that they do at Walmart's, it's normally women trafficking other yeah, women. And yeah, they go up to yeah. you and like ask you to join their Bible study right. or help you with their dog or something like that. And then they, you go out to their car and there's men in the car. They get you in the like, car and they take you off. I feel like I have witnessed something like this before at a Walmart. What? Yeah. 
Wait, you actually witnessed no, that? No, I'm I'm thinking back and this memory just came flooding into where I was in a Walmart and I remember just I was walking down the aisle of like the food section and this woman, she was like, I don't know, probably 40 or in her 40s or something. And she was just kind of walking around and she was approaching other young females that were in there. And I remember overhearing oh something about God, she babe. was like showing them like little flyers for like a church thing. That's exactly what yeah. it is. And I remember exactly so perfectly clear that I it piqued my attention because I was like, this is really weird. That's exactly I, how I, they you do don't, it. Dude. You don't see this. that Like, it's not mm-hmm. like a common thing for people to be trying to recruit people for church group at, at Walmart. Walmart. And that's a huge But they were like issue. walking up to young people like, hey, like, mm-hmm. you know, check out like. Join our youth group. Join and this like, and that. Oh, okay, look in. Like, I have yeah. followers that literally tweet me. This just happened to me. Like you talked about this one time, and it happened to me at Walmart. Someone yeah. came up to me. Yeah. And it, Walmart's have been a major source of. Well, they have those parking huge lots. parking lots are huge. So yeah, and a lot of them are right off the highway. So you jump right on, you're gone. Yeah, and there's always, and if you go to you most, can get out of there so right. fast. And like before was, anyone does anything, because their people think their family's at Walmart. No one's like. My family's missing right now, you know, and they're gone. And it was, it was a Walmart right off I seventy, dude. Right off, so you could get on I seventy in like a couple exactly hours. That's exactly what you Kansas. saw. Because you're not allowed to solicit there. You no. can't just like go in and like no. promote your church. No. It's like a totally no. sketchy thing that they do really subtly, no, and they try it was to. Really weird. It's women. It's normally women mm-hmm. preying on other women, yeah. and then they get you out to the parking lot, and men handle yeah, you from there right exactly well and you go out into the parking lots there's all these rvs there's all yeah. these vans and i mean yep. some of it's probably legitimate but a lot of it looks a little sketchy to me and like yep. they f- sit way out there and they're dark and you can't see in the windows and like no you just wonder like what's happening back there and mm-hmm. people are just you know don't think about it and be careful out there because especially at night it's crazy it's, walmart can be a scary place like no joke especially off a major highway. So, and you know, we're not saying that it's for sure that these women were trafficked. We don't know that for sure, but it doesn't seem like they were murdered in those, that house or like raped in the house or anything like that. It seemed like they were abducted, taken somewhere. And it's probably for a reason. Yeah. I mean, my biggest question is like, was the mom always part of the plan? Like maybe they were planning on taking the two younger ones. Cause like a lot of older women wouldn't get, trafficked i mean it does happen don't get me wrong but like i feel like some i don't know i'm not very maybe you would know better but they're like a mother and daughter duo more yeah i mean they could they could have i don't know if it was always their plan though maybe they didn't know that they would end up at that house at the end of the night or maybe it's more like to clear collateral take her out well you can't can't leave a witness you can't leave a witness to an abduction like that yeah either you know no, and I mean, for all we know, they could be totally using women of all ages. I yeah, think there's like yeah, people out yeah. there wanting everything. It's really disturbing. I hate even talking about yeah. it because it sounds so, it's so hard to believe that this is all real. Um, and it's reality for some humans on this earth to have no freedom and to be completely controlled. And mm-hmm. like I said, on drugs, most of them, they get hooked on major drugs to where you're just, you're doing anything. You'll do anything to get another fix and you get totally, totally addicted yeah. like that's how they keep people in there and keep them from contacting families or escaping or thinking in their right mind to get out of there yeah, it's your like state of mind is it's totally fucked completely yeah and you honestly i don't blame you if you were in that horrible of a situation i'd probably be like yeah you know what i would like to be numb right now that would be 
better yeah. than oh, being sober oh, yeah. right now. Well, it's oh, not yeah. like they ask you, do you want it? No. They inject oh, yeah. you with you're it. You're done. Like, and then the second your body's like, yeah. oh, give me more. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> it's, it's terrible. It's really horrible. It's really just... But I mean, we don't know if that is necessarily what happened to them. But I mean, it's still important. I think I think so many people have just been like so closed, closed book on this case. Like they're probably dead. They're never going to find them. And like, it's probably Cox. It's probably, probably got not. Them. Right. I doubt we will find them, of course. But I feel like you can never lose hope. And it's so important to memorize these faces because you may see them. And right. Totally. You never you never fucking know. No. Look at so many that have yeah. been found 20 plus years later. You yes. Know, like, Look at Jay-Z um, Dugard. Yeah, no one ever Dugard, thought yeah. she was going to get out. Right. Exactly. She was held captive for like her whole that's life. That's the thing. For all we know, they're being held captive somewhere. Yes, they totally could be. I think that's a real possibility. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at Ariel Castro in Cleveland. And Not everybody's just trying to three like Three women murder. in his house. Right. Yeah, you know, and had them all in different rooms. Yeah. And it was people are fucking freaks. They're, they're young. They're eighteen, nineteen years old. Like anything they, could total, have happened for them to them. Total. And I don't think it's smart to just assume they're dead. And that's where no. so many people just are like they're dead. Like some people don't even consider this a missing person. Stacy's mom, Janice, does not think they're dead. She's continuing to search for them. Good for her. Good for her. And holds out hope that they could be found alive. She's still like searching. So, on that note, like if. Anybody out there has information about this crime or has any tips? Yeah. You can actually now text an anonymous tip to the Springfield Police Department. That's great. Just text 417SPD plus your message to 274637 or crimes. And you can also call the tip line at 417-869-8477 if you know anything about the Springfield 3. Because they could be out there for all I know. Yeah. I mean, all you can do is in these is just, it's so crazy and wild that to be honest, I don't, I don't think they're gone. I, I think they might still be out there. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, we hope. I think people can hide your mind really wants well. to hope that people right. are, but it's been a it's, long time. It's hard it's that time. they haven't found any bodies. That's the thing that makes me think that they could be still out there. Cause you'd think, I mean, but it's like the world's massive. It's so easy to hide a body really. Mm -hmm. And who knows? I mean, the concrete thing could be, yeah, real too. could totally but you know. guys should let us know like yeah. what your thoughts and theories are on theories. this. Cause this is a wild one. I'm sure it'll keep you up. You know, yeah. if you're interested in this stuff and if you live in that area, what's the tea, let us know yeah. that inside, yeah. it sounds like there's more in the town there that's is. really not being reported. And like, you know, you there can only get is. so much with these. Like I'm not a huge fan of the way true crime documentaries are done. I feel like they're so glazed over and so political yeah. and like, well, and I just think so it was like about, People Magazine covered this and yeah. like True Crime Daily. Oh, I mean, they're okay. Stuff. They're yeah. okay. No yeah. hate. No yeah, shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot more and that maybe you'd have a different insight if you lived in this town. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you would. I'm mm -hmm. sure you'd probably think something completely different. Yeah. Or maybe agree with us mo a little bit more than, you know, the mainstream might. So, yeah. Interesting stuff, though. Well, yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap it up there today, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mile Higher podcast. Hopefully, yes. we took your mind a mile higher today. If we did, go to milehigher.com and cop some merch. But yeah, we'll see you guys next week. I think we've got some more true crime coming your way. We do. Um, we feel like we need to like do a couple true crimes. Definitely. <laughs> Make up for the lack of them lately. Definitely. But yeah, until next time, guys, stay safe. And stay woke.
When someone first comes in and you see that discouragement on their face, they've tried so many different products but nothing seemed to work for them, I'm able to take that disappointment and that pain and turn it into hope. You're listening to Mallory, an art support specialist at the Goodfeet store. And they try the art supports. It's a light-up moment. You see their face brighten up. They go from feeling discouraged to being happy and hopeful again. For over 25 years, the Goodfeet Store and our art support specialist have been helping folks live the life they love without foot, knee, hip, or back pain getting in the way. That's why this job is so important. You're helping people, getting back into the activities that they've wanted to do for a long time, doing the things that they love to do with their Good Feet Art supports. We're able to help them and take them from the pain to the possibilities, and I love it. The Good Feet Store is located in Fairfax, Leesburg, Rockville, Baltimore and Hunt Valley, and in Annapolis in the Annapolis Harbor Center. For more information, go to goodfeet.com. How many steps do you take before you have foot pain? Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with The Good Feet Store, and the truth is, the battle between our feet and the concrete or asphalt usually winds up with our feet losing. Studies show that about 75% of people will experience some kind of foot pain by middle age. I found that out a number of years ago with plantar fasciitis, and I tried to remedy it with shoes and drugstore cushions that didn't work. Finally, I went to The Good Feet Store, was personally fitted for arch supports, and I love them so much, I bought the store. Without a plan to protect and support your feet, it is likely you could one day be one of the millions living with chronic foot pain. Don't wait until pain demands that you visit us. Stop by the Good Feet Store today and let one of our trained arch support specialists fit you with your personal system of arch supports. The Good Feet Store is located in Fairfax, Leesburg, Rockville, Baltimore and Hunt Valley, and in Annapolis in the Annapolis Harbor Center. For more information, go to goodfeet.com.